Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Today on the Ether, a CFI space with Coach Bruce Wrangler. Being. Let's take a listen. People may not realize that we swapped rooms or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chugs was messaging me. He's like, wait, I didn't get to tell you the rest about me. <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I was aware that like half of my game I was playing was that I was saying, I knew that, that Chugs was probably requesting speaker and Zara was asleep. So I was just calling him like rapey and pillagey and stuff. Cause I knew, <laughs> I knew he'd get really irritated and want to like correct it or something. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not really rapey. And <laughs> like, <laughs> like messaging me. Like I have a counterpoint to that. <laughs> exactly. So it just like steers what I say. Uh, it's not even, I'm not even generating from any kind of truth. It's just like, what will annoy Chugs? It's like, it's like no, you're shoehorning me into this like category, this phenotype, yeah, and like <laughs> and like and like it really being really insistent on like the animalistic thing rather than like a whole person. <laughs> it's funny, but you know what's interesting too is like if when you when you have sufficient sort of like self reflecting ability, right? It's not like you you don't realize your own deficiencies. Like it's actually the the once you get to a certain level of reasonable enlightenment or whatever it is you start realizing okay you you know your place in the world may not be the king or it may not be the whatever right like um like if you look at like how military apparatuses work or like the cia or um you know these type of organizations where like you can't just fake who you are. You actually need to have these capabilities, right? Like then um, what ends up happening is, is like there's a selective mechanism where like people that don't qualify for these things just don't make it. And there's no apologies made. It's not like, oh, if we just had enough diversity or some bullshit, right? Like you actually have to have certain skills. And if you don't, then you're going to be like, you're going to have a different position in that organization. Um, mm -hmm. like, like a really, really great like study is just to look at how like, Watch some things on like uh, Navy SEAL training, for example, um, like U.S. Special Forces teams or even for that matter, like, um, you know, British Special Forces teams like, you know, they've got this shit down to a science, right? As, as, as much of a science as you can make it, they have made it their uh, job to figure out how to like train effective soldiers and things and like see reality for what it is, not like some kind of like fictional uh like you know it's not like an affirmative action fictional thing when it comes to those things you have mm -hmm. to have certain skill sets and if you don't you just don't cut the mustard yeah there's a there's also a level of it that's not necessarily skills or your your potentials or your capacities but like what is most natural to you and what is most effortless like it's for me it's quite interesting to observe in different people like what is most effortless um like i'll give you an example like the like the things I can do kind of effortlessly, like the imaginative play kind of spontaneous, you know, role playing or whatever the fuck else that is incredibly difficult to a lot of people. Um, and, and also 
the kind of people who might be finding that really hard uh, find stuff like I don't know um, the analysis of data or whatever really kind of effortless and easy. You you see this kind of thing even how people approach crypto. Like a lot of people are analyzing kind of the the quantitative aspects of projects and stuff. And other people take a different angle. Then other people take a different angle entirely and look at like the narrative and the marketing and stuff. It's like these these different natural um, brain baselines or layers kind of have their own way of looking at things, which is quite interesting. Um, like I'll give you an example. For me, when I was younger, I was like a maths whiz. I won like maths competitions in the UK um, when I was like quite young, like 11 to 14 or so. I was really into that stuff and like far ahead of my peers. And uh, the, the the school I was at really kind of pushed me to to get better and better at that. And But it was just something that was a, a potential in me, but not really something I enjoyed, which was quite interesting. Like later on, uh, you know, as I got older, 18, you know, 20 and so on, it was but like what, math at what level you you got to what general level like we're talking about algebra we're talking about uh, um well I, I was like i i got i was like college level of, of maths when i was about 12 13 so you know okay so well ahead yeah yeah like really far ahead and, and just loved i loved um solving problems especially did you find of, did you find calculus to be effortless reasonably i i think with me though there was a sense that um i think when i was younger i just mm, i think there was probably a, a a drive as well to like just seem very smart or something or kind of be yeah fun. there's an ego driven piece too so you just sort of like learned a bunch of shit because you could yeah, yeah like there, there's another level of effortless that comes with math that is just a whole nother layer like once you get past sort of like a certain point it's like you just don't know what the fuck's going on kind of a thing too but there is that like threshold event no I, I i never went super deep i kind of stopped that but it was but it was like a, it was interesting because it was a potential that i had but at the same time it just didn't come it wasn't a thing i really enjoyed uh, as i got further on so it's like now I, I just i never really used that part of my mind at all except maybe like <laughs> it, it, i mean I, I guess i kind of use it with chess and stuff like that or maybe social problem solving or um in a business way but as a, like a pure discipline or something it's largely neglected um so it's it's like I, I realized that that i had that potential but at the same time it wasn't my most enjoyable mode to be in like i prefer being more of a i don't know more of an imaginative creative kind of person or maybe a cult leader or something. Yeah, something. Like, I, like I was never good enough at, I was reasonably good at art. Like I understood the principles behind it. I understood like what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Um, I have a good eye for art. I have a good sensibility for it, I think, compared to many. Um, so I'm, I'm fine from that perspective. Um, but at the same time, rigid too, in the sense that like there's a limit after which it's like I'm kind of, I can mm. sense my own, um, like both technical capabilities in terms of doing art, uh, but also just like the aptitude. I can tell there's a ceiling after which it's like, there's yeah. people that do it like a hundred X more effortlessly, right? Like I, like I can really appreciate, you know, certain types of artwork and stuff, but I know that like doing it is going to be just obnoxiously time consuming. Even if I were to just sit there and like eke out and figure out how to get my style right and do it right. So yeah, there's that definite difference between the people that can do it effortlessly versus mm. maybe you can work hard and get there somehow and do something. Um, yeah. And not only that, but it's not just as a matter of effortlessly 
you'll notice the difference in age where you can do it too, right? It's one thing to say, oh, like I practiced till the age of 30 and I can do this. It's another thing when someone can do it at the age of six and you're like, oh shit, right? Like, like yeah. it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know if it's demoralizing in a sense. It's almost like when you see that, you definitely feel like, wow, um, uh, you know, like whether there's an actual caste system like we were talking about before or not, you can sense the difference for sure. Um, and you go, wow, like, okay, I'm not going to be able to sort of compete on that level. Not to say that everything's a competition, but it, uh, in some way, the things that you're not the absolute best at, you might say, well, you know what, I'm going to do this over here instead. I'm going to not do that. Um, so I think you, you tend to, in, sometimes you enjoy what you're really good at, but you also tend to veer away from the things that you're not as good at. And what we call enjoyment is actually just the concession that, well, I'm not going to be able to design and draw the things that I want. So therefore it doesn't make sense for me to like spend my entire life trying to do this. <laughs> like it might be better off. Like, okay, you know, you, you like comic books. Okay. Well maybe you know how to make money and you can just buy a comic book company later and have a bunch of artists and maybe mm -hmm. like, like push the vision of what they're creating. Maybe you have a better idea of like the story or the overarching idea, but maybe you don't want to draw every page of the, like the actual comic book. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it like my selection of what I do hasn't been defined by what I'm good at or not. It's just been, been what I enjoy. And maybe you'd say there's some kind of like aspect of that where you have to be proficient enough to have a flowy sense to it where you can enjoy it. Um, but I, I think it's, it's like, I've, I've tried to let go of the, this, the, 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 I don't know, like the natural potentials and just concentrate on the state of being, which is a bit different. Um, if you get what I mean, Sefi. Yeah, you see this in musicians a lot. Um, like the one, you know, if you're always caught up in having to like memorize sheet music and caught up in technical details and like just the manual, just the playing of the instrument, um, that's one thing. Like, and you never get to that point where you're just sort of just, you can just flow, right? You can just create just spontaneously. But if you look at people who are composers, um, that are very good. Like, I don't know, like we talked about before, like a Hans Zimmer, for example, um, he's both very good at like, uh, as an instrumentalist, you know, that can actually play, but can also just create spontaneously because you're so familiar with the actual system, the, the, you're familiar with the sort of like the entire element of the instrument or whatever you want to call it, the whole, yeah. um, that you're able to just produce. And that, that's something that like, I can't do either. So it's like, when I think of it, like at the same time, I know enough to know what great music sounds like though. This is the thing. Like, it's weird how like you can be just good enough to be a critic, but not good enough to actually play it yourself. There yeah. are, there is a difference between like the observer and the creator. Um, some people are very good observers, I think. Yeah, yeah. Some people have a very, um, very high level of like aesthetic intelligence or or recognition intelligence, but it's yeah, it's it's like miles apart from the ability to create. Very much different. Hello, Chugs. Hey there, just Mr. AP here, as Coach likes to uh, call me when I can't answer back. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> just going back to, well, not going back to that. St sticking on track with this one. I kind of function a little bit differently uh, and a lot of people would probably put it down to say something like undiagnosed ADHD or something like that. But for me, it becomes 
a how do I, I one day I might wake up and I might go right. I want to learn how to play the piano, guitar, via, violin, and I will put one hundred and ten percent effort into researching it. I'll go out and buy the violin. I'll go and do all that sort of thing, and then it becomes an objective in the back of my brain. Now I might not fully commit to it for the next week or so like that, but as time picks up, I start. Well, obviously, committing more and more chunks of time to it, getting better. As I get better, I set higher targets. But I get to a point where I set unreachable targets because if you set unreachable targets and you can never reach them, obviously, you can never finish that objective, and it continuously goes. Like, for example, you were taking the piss out of the uh, the pictures I posted and all that sort of the gym, and that's because I've got the mentality of, and it's going to sound weird, chase the pump. I will never look like that permanently. There is no way. What you see in that picture, yeah, it's about. 60% of what I look like normally without a pump. In a week or two, I might look like that normally, but then I've got a new target and I keep chasing, like a dog chasing a van sort of thing. And every week I could change and a new objective will pop up and pop up and pop up. And whereas when I was younger, I hated art. Now but, I, I But also the ability to reach objectives is by itself a sort of a talent. So even if you were like a moderately good artist, or let's say you're a great artist, let's just take that, um, but you were not able to like set objectives and like actually produce anything then your like artistic intelligence or whatever the hell it is may never actually manifest as some sort of useful like visual thing that someone can actually see um, that you've produced. So I think being productive or whatever that is and being talented are slightly different things. And I think there are people that'll say, oh, you know, I'm really, really good at art, but I'm really lazy. Well, okay, well, then you're just going <laughs> to, you're going to die with never having uh, demonstrated this to anybody, except for the fact that you might be able to pass on your seed to some kid that maybe will actually be productive at some point. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, it, it's it's hard for human beings. Like, we have a hard time actually measuring intelligence when you, you cannot be measured from the perspective of like some kind of productive output. Like maybe you cure cancer or whatever the hell, right? Like your 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 actual achievements. Yeah. To to succeed, you pretty much need like the capability, the desire, and then also the structure, like the implementation of it. But like, I do think, as you guys were saying, like your nature and your capacity are extremely different. Like you can be very, very good at something and have no interest in doing it, I think. And it's kind of an issue because often other people won't be able to see that. They're just able to see, especially in school, in like what people get pushed towards. And especially for women, I would say nowadays, like, what you're pushed towards isn't necessarily what you want. It's just what other people can observe that you're good at. Uh, so it's kind of an issue. Can I also ask you to like go into that a bit more? Okay, only because when it, when it comes to obviously what women are pushed into, from my upbringing in the UK, women are told they can do anything. Women are told and they are pushed into doing whatever they want at this point. It's very... Uh, it, it, it's very balanced and I'm sure coach can agree with that because he's around, well, if he's to be believed on his age, he's around the same age as me, maybe a little bit older. No, it's not maybe. He is a little bit older. How and, old? Um, how old? Yeah. I'm 27, so I don't want to give away the one time you've gave away your age when I think you were feeling particularly honest. Oh, yeah. A little bit older, not much. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 if that's the case, then I know, yeah. So, I mean, what what sort of examples do you have on that case? It's only because I'm not trying to disagree with you. It's only because, as I said, my upbringing, women are told, like, uh, they, they can do anything, be anything. You know, they're, they're, I mean, in some cases, they're told they're better than men at this point, and it becomes not feminism, but, uh, well, indoctrination of men being lesser than women at this point. It's, it's, it can be really, like, it's weird at this point, but, yeah, go on. Well, there are certain things women can't do. Uh, like, for instance, being in the military, they're not as effective as men. Sports, they're not as good, obviously. 
But in terms of other things that they're actually pushed into actively, I would say it's STEM and it's just like really corporate jobs. Both of those things, like, of course, they're outliers, but women can do them. Like, if you have a high IQ, you can do it. Like, great. Like, well done. You know, or if you're relatively organized, you can do a corporate job. But that doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean it's what you want to do. Those are really the examples I'd use. Like, I think people often say women can do everything. Yeah, they can. It doesn't mean they should. Like, that's really all I'm saying. Not because I'm sexist. I just think you should do what you endogenously want to do. And from speaking to women, like my friends, like, they don't want to do that endogenously. Yeah, like especially like professional careers. If you think about, let's say, a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, professional means ascent or engineers, things like that. What you're basically talking about is a uh, a field in which a large set of like a large set of rules has been established, right? Uh, standards of care, standards of construction, whatever it is, and that's a lot easier thing to shoehorn different types of people into than like where creative aptitudes are particularly relevant i'm getting a phone call by the way so i might it might get cut off oh my god i get very nervous when Sophie's not here it's okay we can all huddle together coach and just uh you know give you our body warmth to uh keep you safe it's fine i'm sorry for those terrible things i said about you drugs it wasn't true that's uh, fine. Most of it was true. It's just not the rapey stuff. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> there is more to it than that. But, you know, that's for another space. Yeah. I want you to know that if you do want to, to rape and pillage, then I stand behind you like 100%. Honestly, mate, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I, uh, I, I genuinely, I, I don't think I'd have it in me to <laughs> pillage, maybe, you know, pillage my enemies. But yeah, the, the rape part, I'm unfortunately, well, no, it's fortunate. It's fortunately that uh, it's not in my DNA. Yeah. For some reason, every time I get a phone call, it disconnects me from this thing. So, but luckily Twitter space now reconnects. It used to not do that. It used to just kill it, kill the entire space. Yeah. yeah. I get the same when I order chicken and stuff. <laughs> uh, is it because of the co-host? Because uh, coach is the co-host there. It'll keep the session going for you. Yeah, as long as there's one co-host, it usually works, <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, um, where, where where are we guys leaving off? I forgot the. <laughs> I don't know where we are. Well, we can start anywhere and go anywhere. Oh, that's true. Anyway, yeah, the the this kind of like these aptitude things are interesting, but I just find that um, like the the like this the deep genetic basis for a lot of this is quite impressive. And, um, you know, in life, you sort of like ultimately just discover who you are, right? You have this genome, it does shit. And then you have certain aptitudes, you're not 100% sure you know what they are. If you live in a caste based society, um, and you know, your parents have been craftspeople for the last 1000 years or whatever, then the probability you're going to have crafting skills gonna be pretty fucking good. Like, that's just how it works. Um, and yeah. so you could, you find success relatively easily if you fit into what your natural aptitude is. So like, for example, if I decide to go become a wood carving craftsman in some country and like, I haven't been bred for this for a thousand years, uh, the people that have been are going to run circles around me more than likely. That's the difference that people just don't like tend to understand. And in, I, I, the, the, the huge like domain of this, like that I think is, uh, or the, the like feature of this, I guess um, that I find to be really 
super interesting too is like the people are very very defensive when it comes to like discussions about things like behavioral genetics and and like the sort of like you know the first instinct people have is no i could do that if only i worked harder like that's like the first impression people have and, and we all wish that to be true but when you when you yeah. live long enough to understand that that is simply fucking not true like you can only understand this after you've lived a life of self-discovery that you're not going to be as good at everything as you possibly wanted to, no matter how hard you necessarily try. Like not everything is purely effort. And I think that's a little bit of what people talk about when they say wisdom versus an experience versus simply, um, you know, just simple straight aptitude. And like you, 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 you there's no way to. Loki cope. Yeah. There's no way to, yeah. There's no way to impart this wisdom on like a, a, a an individual um, that's young, for example, who's naive without necessarily demoralizing them. This is the other problem. It's like knowledge isn't necessarily power here. Let's say, for example, you were going to be a, a reasonable like piano player and you could have a reasonable life enjoying music. But you just, you know, you're like, well, I'm not really genetically cut out for it. Um, and now you're like perseverating on this problem and you're like, you're thinking about it too much and you basically don't do anything with music. You may miss out on it, like a large, um, you know, enjoyable time. Even if you weren't a professional, you just like fucking around on the piano or something. Right. Um, so it's interesting, like that mentally simply sort of knowing that you're in one of these categories or whatever, um, like, does it actually make you more happy? Not really. So actually the Hindus had to had to create an entire fucking religion to tell you, yes, in fact, you are happy doing whatever the fuck you're doing. Like, like you're going to do this shit and you're going to be happy about it. And God is happier with you doing this and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like literally they codify it into the religion such that, um, like you, you're not, you know, you're not really thinking, okay, like I'm unhappy being a crafts craftsman. I'm unhappy being in this like shoehorned, whatever it is. Uh, but if you watch a TV, like what's that movie? Divergent, right? I think Divergent, Allegiant, whatever, you know, you've show. Yeah, with the, uh, the multiple cast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Burned. Like it's like a. Also, it's, happy burn day, everyone. It's gone live. What's that? Oh. Oh, is it way. How are you tracking it, by the way, Chugs? Uh, longpenguins.com had a tracker on, so it's active now. Oh, cool. Awesome. Let me have a look now. <laughs> I'll maybe pin that at the top. But like um, this, like if you look at that TV, that show, right, that movie, um, you'll you'll notice that like just because you know that you are divergent, maybe you're not you're you were born a farmer class, but hey, you know what? I'd rather be a warrior class. Um, it doesn't necessarily make you happier if you're stuck in that particular predicament. <laughs> so. Um, or maybe if you're aptitude. But that's mentally ill to want to be something that's not yourself. Like, it's complete slave morality. And if you need someone to tell you that, like, if you need a car system to tell you to want to be yourself, like, that's kind of sad, you know? Yeah, it's, well, the way that the Hindu religion looks at it is it's almost like a prescription for greater happiness in the sense that, like, you know, essentially God and the religion and the priests and the society is telling you it's good to be whatever it is you are. You're, you're a farmer because you're born to be one. And this is your lot, your place in life. And you, you, you are, you are where you belong sort of in a sense, like, uh, like in the recent Top Gun two movie, I don't know if you guys saw it. It's very brown, like, sorry to be racist, mm -hmm. but it's just so like non-white, like the, the mindset, I think. I don't know. I think that's not the case. I think only more recently it's not the case. Like I think historically, uh, white civilizations have had extremely specific 
back, backgrounds. Like it's like if you look at UK Not names, to the same right? extent. Like if you look at UK names, extent. look at the last names of everybody. They're literally named after their freaking like backgrounds, like plumber and you know whatever, um, masons and this and that. So like I don't know. Sure. But classes, classes in the West have been a lot more fluid. Okay, even if they're like rigid, they're still a lot more fluid. But than more, the more recently, it's not like I would a breeding say. situation, right? Sure. Think about the think about Western nobility. That's a caste system in its own right, and that kind of like showed you how high you can elevate it throughout society. It, it's always been there, and I mean, to an extent, it still is. It's just it's evolved from being, I'd say, political to financial. Yeah, I would say the difference in the Indian version of it is. Um, it's it's much more broad than how you would think of as like kings there um where you know whereas like the royalty is just one caste specific thing whereas in india like everybody is in sort of like a subcaste in a sense that's somehow occupationally related or whatever yeah so it's it's a, it's a bit different but yeah it's it's a specific thing more to the indian subcontinent too it's not necessarily all brown people or whatever um even though like genetically like uh the pretty much most native americans from north america south america central are all descended from essentially indians who were originally um uh, southern tip of india were really essentially african tribes yeah it went from africa to india to then north america south america so i mean money as a metric for like your position in society i guess is better than anything else like it's more pure than anything else probably mm -hmm. like assuming value creation is important yep. but i don't know it's i'm tentatively saying that because like other things are important like beyond the material but it, it seems it seems fairer to me but exactly I know, I guess that's what i was raised with you're you're, you're absolutely right like that's basically the, the nature of capitalism itself right it's this idea that like if you don't have capitalism you're going to have some other fucked up uh, system you're going to essentially get a caste system almost by default um so yeah i think you i think you're correct it, like it is more liberating in a sense and then like if you take it one step further that's where bitcoin comes in right like if you if you get into the nuances of it it's really a more um i guess like a more libertarian minded um ideal in terms of even decentralizing that money even further which is why like money is at the root of everything at the end of the day so it's like mm, well we like to make you know think money is bad it's materialism and this and that um in a different way, like you mentioned, it's it's liberating in a sense from other types of uh, hierarchies and kingdoms and whatnot that could otherwise like rule the world. So yeah, it's a. I mean, it's just a proxy, but in many ways, like, it yeah. doesn't reach the level of having power over violence or a monopoly over violence, which is what actual power is. That's the issue, right? Like I can make a bill, like I can make fifty billion dollars, but like if some guy annoys me and I want to kill him, I still can't kill him. You know. At which point it's almost like it's a system where people think they can attain power and change costs, but they can't really. Um, well, but I guess that money, though, you could hire someone that could and you could use that money as a form of control, which still gives you that you know power of violence over someone. Yeah. But the threshold to like have complete legal immunity in terms of money is like very, very rare. Like preciously few individuals in the West that, would be at that point. That happens a lot more than you would think in capitalism now. In the West, would you say? Like yeah, in the like of the, in the English have the most expensive attorney, he has the best connections to the opposite. Yeah, this but this is yeah, all but you're just not gonna like, risk it, right? Having to go to court. Remember Though of the, course, the, of course, yeah, but like bribery is always a thing. But even the, the most money of, I'm not talking about bribery, I'm about having an expert law expert. Like in America, the law is very complicated, so No, yeah, a good way to look at this, Matt, is no matter what you do, you're fucked compared to me. That's true. 
but what I'm saying here is like, <laughs> relatively speaking, I'm saying like, the thing is like the, the Western governments are essentially, especially the U.S. Um, constitution is basically to try to preserve maximum number of people with the maximum amount of individual freedom possible. Um, nobody said that it was going to be like, oh, like some institutions weren't going to be powerful or um, there was going to be no tyranny or like any of this bullshit. Like you'd have to be a complete delusional to think that, obviously. But I think what we're saying is that like a general capitalist environment um, generally tends to get um, the value of your work paid for at some level, at some par with other people doing similar work in the, the area that you're in. That doesn't mean that there won't be wealth disparity or something like that. But if you've never lived in a caste system-based uh, society, which many civilizations were actually in something like that, I either occupation- today. There's, there's plenty of countries that have that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, India does, or historically, uh, UK, Europe did, like with uh, with like uh, artisan societies and all those kinds of things, or whatever. Um, yeah, there, there's there's different structures you could have that are equally as annoying, right? It's not like the blacksmith families were absolutely enamored by the fact that they couldn't become kings or some shit, right? Like, it's not like there was a time when um, you know, the like quote unquote everyone is free. And I, I would argue the other way is like there is no way in the world to to generate like some kind of perfect equality because unless you took half my brain and threw it in the trash like i'm gonna run circles around a lot of people as you might imagine right it's just simply a matter of using your imagination for five minutes so and there's people that are going to run me in circles right like i know i've met many many people that are just drastically smarter than myself and i'm like oh shit like like this guy like come up comes up with more well, shit smart during, is uh, kind of a general idea you know everyone has different not really levels on different not really planes. no and I, I know people that will just simply run like a hundred circles around any one of us like in any given day like but can, they, can, more they, can they play baseball for the yankees you know can they can they hit yeah but nobody cares yeah but that's not what gets you billionaires right like no one's making billionaires doing sports like this is not a thing so my point is like yeah like the the, the, the yeah this we shouldn't get into this delusion that somehow like um, it's a mistake and actually it's what, what leads a lot of families to have their kids get screwed. Um, this delusion that basically you can be anything. It's a mistake. Yeah. Like this idea that like, it's a mistake to sort of like preach this sort of concept of like, oh, like regardless of aptitude, oh son, you can do anything. Actually, it's actually makes families really depressed because they'll like put weird like uh, expectations on children that make no fucking sense for their aptitude, right? Like, for example, my children are not going to be, like, basketball players in the NBA. Like, this shit's not going to happen. So if I, like, say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure you can, because you're, you know, you're going to be really, really good at basketball, and you push your children into this, and you push them all day long for, like, their whole life, they're going to turn out fucked up because they're not going to make it into the NBA. It's just no stretch of the imagination. And the same is true for cognitive fields. It's like not everyone's going to be at that level and that's fine but it's it it creates like crazy people when you try to shoehorn people into being more successful or whatever um or whatever you want to call it right like i'm not going to be a musician that's going to be like taking over the music scene next week like i'm just not going to this is not going to be possible i'm not going to be good enough to do it i'm just going to admit that right away
Fefi, what about those rare cases where people like bang their head and all of a sudden they become these uh, savants in these fields that they had nothing to do with before? Like you've got people that uh, they've never played the piano. You like to use that as an example. So I'm going back to it. Uh, they Banged smack their, their head. head. They wake up and boom, they are Beethoven's fucking, you know, second in these folks. Yeah, it's like... It's let, let me find a few cases. I'll be back, mates. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Chugs. Like, I guess anybody could have aptitude and then just happen to discover it after they get their hit their head on a wall, I suppose. But like, I don't think there's anything special about jarring your head that like does anything specific. I don't think I don't think it's necessarily bad to tell your children they can do anything they want, assuming they're smart. If you have an IQ above 120, you can do basically anything. Like in terms of yes. okay, barring like Correct. certain intellectual like pursuits. Okay, but if you 140, yeah, you can do anything. But like let's say 120, Hold on. Hold on. in any what sort of like it? material like sense, you can do whatever you want. Like sport is kind of an unfair example because you know, like it's so particular. Whereas other things are way more trans transferable yes, like outside physical skill and perhaps like being good sure. at like drawing or something mm. what is it like to have an iq over like 110 like what is that like just can you give because sefi and kate you seem like it's over 110 what is that like how do you see the world and stuff no mine's 108 i wouldn't know uh, how does one see the world about what i don't know man it's like what's it like having a, a brain like that <laughs> um hmm. i don't know i'm not sure is the world like colorful and like you see like when you look at the clouds you see like geometric patterns and stuff or what no like <laughs> like what's it called a beautiful mind or some shit he's like drawing little fucking shapes everywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> it must be cool no I, I i don't think like i'm that far off from um yeah, definitely not in sort of like ultra genius level myself. I'm not going to like claim that necessarily. I think a lot of the um, like any kind of success that's reasonably attributed to myself might be just simply um, like that sort of obsessive perseverance to some extent, not necessarily extreme sort of capability in, in a domain necessarily. Um, no, it's, it's like that. It's, it's like when, when I look at any domain, the, there's there's sort of this importance until you get to about I don't know like 130 IQ or so, but beyond that, it's purely like autistic compulsiveness, which is yeah. quite interesting. Like you, you, based on your description of your math skills, Ruined. like um, you are definitely substantially better at math than I was for sure. Like w yeah. without without any question, I could I could almost assume that that would be the case. But uh, yeah, it, but at the same time, like. Uh, yeah, are, are you using those particular skills um, as far as pure calculation ability on a regular basis? You might not be, but fundamentally, you might understand the nature of that, right? Like you might be able to understand a scientific paper a little bit easier. You might be able to understand like a business problem a little bit easier with a certain level of cognitive appreciation of kind of like what is possible with math, even though you don't use it to calculate on a regular basis, right? Like for example, if you know like, what is possible with calculus, but you're not particularly great at calculating it. Um, you understand the meaning maybe of things that are derived using calculus um, without, you know, like understanding change, for example, um, without necessarily knowing all the different calculation nuances where some people are much, much better at it. Mm -hmm. Here's a question, Sophie. What, what kind of like, okay, so there are lots of forms of work and, and things you've done over your life. 
what what kind of work do you think is most effortless to you or maybe you can do in the most relaxed manner um i'd say probably just like handling maybe medium-sized teams i think uh like uh sort of like educating people in an intuitive way like be able to simplify complicated things into summary format to be able to like uh teach it in some way that you're likely to remember it i think that's uh like that's definitely a kind of a skill set i suppose um uh let's see i certainly there's mu- people much much better at like memorizing shit than me that's for damn mm-hmm. sure um at the same time like if you think about kind of the field that i'm in i don't necessarily need extraordinary memorization skills um because a lot of the things that we do are very patterned meaning that like if you've seen a half dozen of a thing you know there the next time is going to be somewhat similar and all you have to do is like say okay which of these things does not belong kind of a, a game um so you tend to get an intuition for like what is maybe the range of a particular diagnosis or problem what are the range of possible like side effects or whatever from a drug or something like that and so you wind up with like this um uh like i don't know it's a professional career in the sense that like you don't have to be an ultra genius you just have to be pretty good at game th- you know, playing games because essentially all you're doing like diagnostics, therapeutics, all that is just basically all game theory at the end of the day. Like, and, and if you're reasonably good at playing um, that game and you have a sufficient of baseline knowledge, you can do the job. But if you say like, which pieces of the job, like maybe I might feel like I'm a little bit better at, I think for sure the ability to explain things um, like yeah. to other doctors um, understanding like why, um, other doctors are likely to miss lots of things, you know, like what is their cognitive limitations that prevents them from like not understanding certain things or why, um, why like a certain type of doctor would not simply have the experience because they would not have been exposed sufficiently to certain things. Mm. So these kinds of intuitions about like, like how human beings interact in this space, maybe, um, you know, I have a, a pretty good feel for, I think. Yeah. Uh, what would you just uh, picking up on something you said there? What would you say are like the most common cognitive biases for doctors, like especially ones you deal with, things they kind of have blind spots over? Hmm. Um, well, there's just so many of them. I don't know where to begin. <laughs> like it's just this endless list because there's. Um, yeah. Uh, let me think. Let me. How is the best way to describe this? Um, I mean, I get it because everyone is human, and every human has it. But it's yeah. It's to think about of, your your domain, like if it's like errors of of probability or like how I don't know. Up to you. I think I think the issue is like um, so a significant portion of like medical things are patterns, right? You. Yeah. Uh, have certain features of a pneumonia, you have a certain features of a stroke, et cetera. And the ability to recognize those patterns and sort of like act accordingly is a vast majority of what is done. Um, but then when it comes to more rare problems like edge cases, um, you know, rarer diseases or mixtures of things, then it becomes a bit more complicated. And 
um, complex systems like fluid dynamic systems that deal with like, say, for example, like cardiovascular circulation as an example, you find that the number of people that understand this shit drops off dramatically, like, like so dramatically as to be like, well, I understand why it drops off so dramatically too. It's because like, uh, understanding, um, uh, pressure, volume, flow, you know, the physics of how all of that works. You also have to know like what is actually knowable and what isn't knowable, which is another interesting set of problems. The, like the universe doesn't let you know certain things. It doesn't matter how much technology you create. You just won't be able to like, y- you won't be able to measure these. It's like a Heisenberg uncertainty principle type of problem. Like there's certain things that you, you can't simultaneously measure and understand and like also act upon it without causing a chain reaction that leads you to like make the, the, what you're doing and what you're testing all sort of one, you know, combobulated mess. (laughs) So um, yeah, there's like uh, all sorts of reasons why, in this, like you'll have a pretty wide range of capability in terms of like clinical skills and stuff like that between mm-hmm. doctors. Yeah. Huge, huge range. And, um, and, and it, and it's frustrating for patients, right? It's frustrating for you as the individual showing up. Cause you're like, wait, does this fucker know anything? Like, you know, does this guy, like, it doesn't really necessarily matter automatically where you have a degree from in some sense, like to get the basics down, a lot of people can do that. But to, to like get into some of the more complex nuances of things, it's a bit harder. You, you, you maybe learn it more if you've taught a lot of people too, right? Cause you understand, yep. like you understand the limitations of what's possible. You've had to summarize this in your head sufficiently enough to say, well, like, how am I going to teach this? And like, um, yeah, they're, they're, it, so yeah, it's a mixture of things that make it very, very difficult. Um, and, and there'll be lots of blind spots that I'll have, like, you know, that there's, there's, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And, um, and the eye doesn't see what the mind doesn't know kind of a problem or whatever that is. Um, you, you will just simply gloss over it because you didn't sort of understand that that was actual disease or something. So it's, it's very possible because like the list of diseases is very, very, very long. And you normally are going to learn like the top, you know, 99% of things that affect people, but there's going to be 1% of things that are relatively uncommon and they don't have good tests for them. And on top of that, maybe there was no cures for those things. That's what I tell, that's what I tell families a lot. It's like, Hey, look, mm. if I can't figure out the fuck's wrong with you, you're probably going to die <laughs> because like, there's only yeah. so many things that have actual treatments. Was that like a, was I mean, like I'm, a, I'm joking, of course, not necessarily. Yeah. Death, yeah, but, yeah. Was there like a major incident or something or a, kind of a a point where you missed a like you massively missed a diagnosis and then you kind of scolded yourself looking back and it kind of updated your mental model do you know what i mean like is yeah um and this is where you have to be super super careful like um so when you when you're doing diagnostic things um you can wind up learning the the wrong lesson from the supposed mistake i'll give you an example uh, here so um like so there was this neurosurgeon and um he had a patient that had a you know brain bleed or whatever um and was in the intensive care unit and when you lay in a bed in intensive care unit one of the problems you can have is it's called a pulmonary embolism it's basically a clot that forms in your leg it migrates up into your lungs and you can die and the problem is if you have a neurosurgical problem like a brain bleed you can't be on the usual like blood thinner shots for prevention, right? 
So the the guidelines for these things clearly say that um uh well forget about the guy what what happened to this one guy was that the surgeon uh, had a patient that um had a large embolism and died and um uh you know so therefore like after the like the next month after that like every single patient he'd keep in the icu for weeks at a time with no obvious reason to do so like as if that was going to prevent the problem so he took the he took the experience and got the wrong lesson from it and like created the wrong process and this happens a lot in people that like work in apprenticeship type fields where like medicine yeah. for example you're learning based on like what other doctors have done what you're you know, your, your teachers have done, you're learning based on your experience and your experience could be very, very biased and skewed. Um, so that's why like we've moved largely to kind of like, uh, what they call evidence-based medicine, where basically, um, you want to have lots of studies that clarify this so that you don't use an N of one problem where your experience with one case now becomes the basis for you treating pneumonia for the rest of your life or something. It makes sense. So it sounds like, uh, I'm so, I'm sorry. Hi, by the way. How how are you tonight? Good, good. Hey, what's up? Oh, fantastic. So sounds like um, instead of waiting for a week, you you should just kill them right away based on your experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just just yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I, what I think. Yeah. Leave it to little Vera to um, clarify this and make it really clean for us. Thank you, little Vera. Yeah, uh, I, I, all about making it clean and clear. And um, wash out the upper yeah. like efficiency, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really important. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and now we know why, like, um, people with your accent are considered cold and calculating. Uh, yes, because we, we do not want to waste. It's like very specific efficiency, yeah. Yeah, um, it's very good efficiency, in my opinion. <laughs> No, but anyway, like yeah, guess, Johnny, Johnny, you need to get your hand cut off. Fuck you, die. We're not wasting <laughs> anymore. But Bruce, like basically, um, yeah, you you'll have everyone will miss something, right? Like that's just a a, a fact of life when it comes to these things. Um, either you'll miss it and it would you'll discover it late, or some you can miss something and someone could die, etc. Um, so like in medical, you're not, don't, don't, come not to my to... Unit. don't come to my unit with that bullshit. I want everybody <laughs> to be perfect. Or oh, I'm saying I'm, you, you, you're probably going to go and, um, go to heaven, I mean, go, 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 go move to your unit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but like the, the, the idea is to like not miss most of the thing. Most of the time, it's like almost like a poker game. You're, you're playing a probability game you're like you're in a race against time so there's only so many things you can do at one time um and uh and and bad things can happen in that short interval um where like even if you had an idea of what someone might have you may not be able to test for it or treat it quickly enough to actually detect it and actually fix it uh, before someone actually dies of it so it depends on the situation um oh tell me more like I don't know what, what kind of example do you want? It sounded like a soundboard or something. Like you know, yeah. you know, like if you were to program a computer to mm-hmm. speak to someone on the phone, it would. That's one of the things they would say. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just call you up and just like, 
your voice sounds so comforting to me and I was about to shoot my, shoot myself in the head but I'm listening to you and it just makes so much easier my life is becoming having much more use sense. a soft soothing Please. voice for you little Vera because yes let's go yeah I, I put Zara to sleep earlier that was beautiful <laughs> would you tag me in I put Zara to sleep as well Oh, you did too, yeah, Kate. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so yeah, these there's kind of like these fun, uh, like different cognitive domains. And I think uh, like... Uh, cognitive domains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, we were talking about like uh, sort of different types of people in their brains. <laughs> I love you say cognitive domains. I like to say we can come compartmentalize ourselves into it right cognitive domains oh my okay or something okay. <laughs> i'm gonna write this stereotypes. down yeah go ahead please. please yeah coach have you made any observations over your existence on this world as far as these things are concerned oh yeah um so much and uh yeah what would you think about what? <laughs> uh, about the existence of this world and so many cognitive domains allowing. Lilver, are you drunk? No, I'm not. Of course not. I would never do that. <laughs> Gina, what's up? Did you have some kind of comments about this whole like tirade we've had? <laughs> never ask a lady know. if she's drunk. That's what I've learned in my lifetime. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I do not know. I do not know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm just catching up to speed. I'm just. Uh, oh, I, please I, do, do I not just... get a speed ticket, please. Don't 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 speed. Uh, don't speed too far. I'm sorry. What? Do not you're get a... the speed ticket. <laughs> You're just irritating Gina now. That I, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said, little Vera. What'd you say? There's like oh. a dominance battle. She's just going talking on. shit. <laughs> it's like a, little Vera has a thing where if, if another confident female starts speaking, she tries to defeat them and pummel them to death with words. It's yes, like, I, I do that. Would you like to have a hand to hand combat with me? Yes, definitely. Female. Would you like to come okay. to Los Angeles and uh, yes. uh, we I'm can do my way? Well, we'll send your location. I'm coming down right now. Little Vera, okay. do you know, yeah. know jujitsu? Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, I'm careful. in Oakland, so I'm coming down for sure. Yeah, let's do it, girl. We're gonna go battle. Yeah. What's happening here? Be careful, Gina. <laughs> she knows. She knows jujitsu probably to like quite a decent level she was a world champion at white belt but she's probably better now oh okay uh well i know wing Chun and how to street fight because i'm a little hustler like that in the hood so yeah let's do this gina uh, yeah. make sure you have your like nunchucks or some shit fuck her up good right uh ninja stars and throwing knives and um kinds of fucking weapons that i have stashed all around my bed different parts of the couch they're all hidden but in case i get attacked in different parts of the house and i'm not even bullshitting fantastic 
little Vera, you need to double, you need to think this over. You have to think this over before you go head over to the house. You better have some like maybe like an Uzi or something. Yeah, I got this. Don't you fucking worry about me. <laughs> Are you the AK forty seven type? You sound like it. Little Vera, what kind of guys do you go for? Is it like do you go for very like feminine guys or what? Oh no, not at all. I don't like those. No, no, like? ch- no, no children, please. What do you like? No. What's describe your ideal guy? If if you are, or are you interested in guys or girls? I like okay. So like, I do like someone who can fuck you up, but also can be sincere and kind. If it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like a, like a drug dealer. <laughs> Excuse me, a drug dealer. You said. I said like a like a drug dealer, who, <laughs> who will give you a cuddle too. You're fucking insane. Not a drug fucking dealer. I don't. I don't do that. Milvira, I get this intuition <laughs> that you've dated criminals. Is that true? I have not dated criminals at all, actually, but I can see myself in trap yeah. and fall in love with someone who is bad as that gets because our American system of criminal of, of justice is not doing such a great job and a lot of people have a criminal record does yeah. not actually make them bad people so Vera what you're saying is your your boyfriends and husbands should have been in prison but the justice system just didn't capture them <laughs> Yeah, she's saying that, and she's making the wider philosophical point of of morality isn't the same as legality, and that that many people in prison now, many people in prison probably aren't immoral in her book, so it could be attractive husbands. <laughs> oh my god, I love I love you guys. That um, I did not say that. Whoever, the way you presenting it makes it very uh, amusing to me. It's so a that, compelling uh, argument, huh? It's you're, you're it is a truly compelling now. argument. Yeah, I mean, I I can go back and forth with this mm. all day long. Actually, um, after, Vera, yeah. What's up? Who would you rather? Who would you rather have as a boyfriend? So three three things: a murderer, a bank robber, or a drug dealer. I mean, obviously, uh, a bank robber. Uh, hopefully, he can get away with that. And at least to the point he, I can get the money from him. I'm thinking like George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven or something. Mm. <sighs> yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Brad Pitt. Remember that? Oh my god. Okay, fine. Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. You can have him. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, they're coming out with a new ocean soon. What did you say, Matt James? Nobody heard that. Uh, there's going to be a new Oceans movie coming out. No, they're old. They're retired. No possible. No. But there is second Avatar is coming out. Oh, with the little blue. Um, yeah, the little puppet blue people. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James Cameron. It took him 15 years to film the first one. Not a big deal. 15 years to make a movie. Fuck. You know, it's, it's like it's normal, and the second one took him about like I don't know ten years 
if you so, if you ignore the political inferences, um, James Cameron Cameron's one seriously annoying motherfucker. Like he's a total communist. I don't like the guy. But anyway, I digress. Uh okay. That's wasn't he? Wasn't he the guy who also? I'm thinking of James Cameron, the guy who did that that um who descended first to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Was yeah, well, James Cameron too. I think he did the Titanic thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah, yes, but, he, but, he was exactly he did the Titanic. I think he did the. I think he did the first uh, solo expedition of the. I think it was like the Challenger Deep, the deepest part of the Marianas Trench, which is quite fascinating and quite ballsy. So he's got my respect for that. I'm not mm-hmm. too into his movies. But yeah. have you have you have you have you do you know about Avatar? No, I've never, I've never well, really watched click movies. My, click on my PFP. This is the avatar. There's the reason why I'm wearing this. this is oh, supposed yeah. To be. I just, I didn't notice that. I just saw a bunch of like purple lines and shit on there. I never noticed it was yeah, actually this, this was This was 2020 Halloween costume, uh, body paint. Oh, oh you wore that, that you? shit? Yeah. You, ah. This is reason, avatar. For some reason, I assume that was like computer generated. I don't know why. No, no, this is hundred percent me. All right. No computer, I'm, not not no no bullshit. I'm that zooming was in on the breasts. Paint. Well, yes. you fucking pervert. Whatever. I've zoomed in. Uh, you can actually okay. jerk off to it. That's I don't give a shit. Well, you look good. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> well, um, cannot wait for the sequel. But I, we're we're no bank robbers, though. But we probably, yeah. I don't know which which category do we come under. You think, Leo Vera? Um, the murderers, the b- bank b- robbers, b- bullshit, or the bull- bullshit artists. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> like catch me if you can, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like a con artist. I think yep. I'd be really good at that. That's my. I reckon yeah. I'd be really really good at that. Yeah, you'd have a hard time finding out if I'm lying or not. Yeah, like I can I can pull off a pretty good con with a straight face, but like Coach can probably do a pretty good story too to to match the fucking thing. So he's he's got more of a creative like uh, whatever storytelling vibe. Sir, uh, did you remember me coming down here and talk about my Happy Endings Incorporated company? Yeah, how's that going? Do you mean oh, your massage That that is so crazy, uh, but. Okay, let, let's be real. Tonight, I actually went to a different space and I was talking to, talking about different subjects. It has nothing to do with happy endings. I came up, I was, I was giving my thoughts about something. Someone heard me, recognized my voice, obviously. Of course, I have an accent. And he was like, yo, I remember you. You were that person who was promoting this project about people giving you money and you go going all over the world traveling for the expenses. I was like, oh, was it happy endings? He was like, yes. So what it gives me, like, people are so insanely malleable and fucking stupid. I'm sorry to say that. They, they yeah. can actually believe. Oh, my God. It is so insane to me that people actually believe in such a craziness. Well, you have you clearly haven't been around Twitter spaces that long. 
Oh no, I have. People been <laughs> trying to send me money. They've been trying to send me money. I never received a dime. I'm never taking a dime from anyone. But people were trying to send me money for that. And I was like, yo, just take it easy. I'm yeah, not. Just, just for people to understand like what we're talking about here. She said that she would she has a crypto project and she would take um like funds and uh she would in return uh get people pictures of her on vacation. Right. So I mean, yeah, make, make, make it short, yes. Yeah, that was ba- that was the basic concept of it. And I was like, Yeah, I'd like to be an investor in this thing. Is there a way to like invest in your thing and maybe <laughs> maybe get like a premium pictures or some shit, like or something? <laughs> <laughs> and or maybe like get a chance to pick where you go on vacation or something like that and she's like oh yeah 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 and then and then other people like messaged her and were like oh like yeah like we're, i'm gonna send you money um can you send me pictures of your vacation I'm like what the fuck yeah people actually like um yeah they yeah people actually actually believed and were ready to give me money for this there's no contract no, any sort of the paperwork. They were ready to oh, actually oh, send me money. How stupid that is! It's kind of like bathwater, like when you pay for bathwater. Yeah, if you live in a third country and I'm sending you water in a bottle, that's my bathwater, and that's your drinking water for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting how yeah gullible people are. I think um, like you wouldn't have all these like bots on Twitter and shit if this stuff didn't work right like it obviously works and people send money to these things all the did time did you see that thing that happened yesterday in the in the lungdao thing that was insane the guy was contacted by uh username lunkdoa rather than lunkdao like the zero the o and the a swapped around and uh lunkdoa contacted him and said please send your seed phrase to us <laughs> we need it for some purpose and this account had like zero followers and zero followed. So like just clearly it, it couldn't even like AstroTurf as us. Like it didn't have anything like 10,000 followers or whatever. It hadn't, it also didn't have any posts on it. Like we've had impersonators before and they've copied our posts for the last two weeks, which is quite cool and interesting. So like everything looks kind of similar when you scroll down, but this one had nothing. Zero followers, zero followed. Um, just ask the guy for a seed phrase. And then took like two million luck out of his account. <laughs> and then, and then earlier he was messaging uh, on Twitter saying like, I, "But I messaged you. It was you I messaged." And we were like, "No." And and I think Grin Spicket or someone was like, "Please, can you share your screenshot?" And it and it was a message uh, back and forth with Lunk Doa, which was like, "Please, please give us your seed phrase and stuff, and give us the QR code to your wallet and blah blah." And, Are you serious? Um, and he gave it to them. Yeah, and then, then, and then, me and oh, Grinspicky were like, "Well, it says Lunkdoe here. It says Lunkdoe here, so it's not us." And the guy was like, "No, no, he was Adam. Oh. He was like, no, no, I swear that I messaged you. It's just that this person messaged back. He was like, <laughs> I initiated a message with you, but this person somehow intercepted it and messaged back. He was like really adamant, and and I kept saying like." Uh, to start with, I was like, sorry, this happened to you, you know, blah, blah. Sorry, it's, you probably lost your money. It's an important experience in crypto to to have this happen once, da, da, da. It's a good thing it's not more. Mm-hmm. And he just kept existing more and more and like posting more and more screenshots of the chat with Lunkdoa. And he kept saying like, oh, I definitely messaged you. It was just this Lunkdoa that messaged back for some reason. I don't want this to happen to anyone else. Like, I don't want anyone to message Lunkdoa and be, be hearing back from Lunkdoa. He kept going and going and going. 
And I just like eventually said, like, this is a, the stupidest scam in crypto and you've fallen for it, Paul. But, uh, you know, um, the, the sooner you take responsibility for this happening, the better, because it won't happen again if you finally do that. And then he deleted his account, which is funny as well. <laughs> how, mu how much is he lose? Two million lunk, like five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. Oh, okay, whatever. Get over it. But anyway, you should be very careful. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting. There, there are so many idiots, and I've been messaged probably a hundred times now from people asking if somebody else is us. You know when those accounts pop up like LunkDAO support or like Binance support or something and they message people. Don't even, don't even fucking clip on that shit. Like, you know, know. They, they're not going to text you, okay? Like, come on, man. They're going to tell know. you, oh, but you want $10,000. Yeah, but there's, a, there's really a truly um, the point a, was like, that a, a sucker born every day because like people are showing up from out of nowhere and they've never even used crypto before and they're like, their Lunk is their first choice or whatever is yeah, their first choice. Yeah, it's an IQ yeah, thing, yeah, I think. Sure, yeah, it's yeah, just an yeah, IQ yeah, thing. Yeah. To cognitive, to cognitive domain. Yeah, it really does require like a baseline level of intelligence because I get messaged so many times from people saying, I probably received 50 upwards, maybe 100 messages now, of people saying, is this LunkDAO support you? <laughs> like, and then I click okay. on the account and it's got like zero followers. It's just some, and it's got like bad spelling on all the tweets or whatever. And they're like, is it you? Because I've been in a long conversation. I just want to check. I've been in a long conversation with LunkDAO support. Is this you? <laughs> just before okay. I do anything. I'm like, Jesus board, If somebody is offering you free money, that should be a red flag. There is no such a thing as a free money. Actually, free money is usually an opportunity, not a red flag, right? Like in most situations, if you find a hundred dollars on the ground, if you if you can like, suck it you down know. very well, then probably yes. Like sure. you imagine, if you find a hundred dollars in the street, right? You look around, you go, I don't know. It doesn't seem like I've seen anyone that. Yeah, you have to cover your <laughs> asshole as well when when you pen down to pick it up. That's probably true. <laughs> there are also yeah. really people who like fear sending you their like wallet address. Because they think as soon as you have the address, like the Terra, Terra 1656, whatever, they think like if you have that, you can suck all the money out of their account and stuff. Absolutely not. Like um, I've had it, um, when we did something before, we were like, put your, put your wallet address below this tweet. And then loads of people did. But then some people messaged me. They were like, I don't want to put my wallet address below the tweet because if, if the wrong person sees it on your tweet, like somebody on public Twitter sees it on the tweet, they can take my money. So like, people don't understand like how any of this stuff works. They don't understand like what a wallet address is, what a seed phrase is. They just think it's but, like but oh, it's, it's, it, it, it is makes sense if they do not want to expose the wallet address, which might be involved in some other shenanigans. Whoever, yeah, like, privacy. You can't. Whoever, just, if, you, if you bought a bunch of like, if you bought bunch of um underage girls using that wallet address and ship them to a different country use that wallet address you probably don't want to flash that on the internet right no i agree and i understand yeah i would not myself. yeah child traffickers take note um don't post your wallet address and its history to the entire yeah. world to see okay yeah, there, there's, yeah, you, you like, you gotta, like, you gotta have practice safe sex on the internet or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah. different ways to do it. Yeah. Because it's gonna be a stamp on a blockchain, and we all know 
you cannot delete that. So it's a permanent record of you guys doing whatever you want to do. And um, just be careful. Or, or just like take drug trafficking money, right? And then just yeah. like dust, dust everybody's yeah. uh, wallet I, with I it. Would, I, would, I would suggest take cash for that. No, or we just dust everyone's wallet, right? You send a little bit to everybody that, you know, so you connect all those wallets and they all get censored. That's right. That's right. That There's the other way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like maybe like dust, um, maybe send um, some nasty NFTs or something to Vitalik or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the merch is good. Did you guys see the boner he got at the, that, that the picture? I, I still see it. It's, it's my uh, screensaver right now. Vera, Vera um, would you do that? Would you do Vitalik? Oh, man, of course I would. Oh, my God. I, I was so good. And I would make him screen my name. Yeah, I can't even do his accent. You might be able to. I don't know. Um, but he's from around your parts, though, right? Isn't he, like, from... Like, we, uh, your background is what? Russian or Ukrainian or something? Yeah, Belarus or Ukraine, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Belarus, he's a neighbor. Ukraine. He's a neighbor. He's a new, oh, he's a neighbor. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, you might be compatible. It's possible. Oh, yeah, I would definitely do him. I would I would make him screen my name. I don't think I'm... he's taken. I don't think he's in a relationship at the moment. You, oh, man. I can, set, I can work on setting you up or some shit. Yeah, let's go. Um, Definitely. Mm. I, I will might be try to take a video of that and i'll post it out as well and sell it who knows the sky's the limit is this point yeah i mean i mean he probably is interested in like hanging out with the avatar blue check right but you make um, sure you, i bet you you would actually win his heart if you actually went in the fucking costume i'm pretty sure of it because he likes that it. rainbow rainbow bullshit like he likes those like uh, my little pony t-shirts and whatever right yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be unicorn. I'm definitely a unicorn. Hey, Neftrims, what's up? Hi, friends. This conversation is going a little bit off the rails, so feel free to talk about whatever you feel like it. Uh, hello, friends. I am Fatih from Turkey. I'm 77 years old. Uh, my English is not very good. I am really sorry. I will tell you about my project. I have been working on this translation for a few days. Thanks. Uh, for giving me the opportunity to speak. I am the creator of NFT Dreams and I will tell you about our NFT project that we started. NFTs to be created within the scope of these projects will consist of the characters we call Medicina. In these collections, we will produce 1000 Medicina characters as part of the project. These characters who has medicinal, mystical, and mythological powers and lives on the planet Mars. We have very different appearances and styles with the evolutions he has developed over time. Because medicine has special powers, she and her siblings are constantly evolving and gaining different shapes and powers. We're going to show you these looks or medicinal characters while they produce in total 1000 as part of all first projects. Let me ask you all something. Um, so some of the powers look like they're biohazard. Some of them look like they're nuclear powers uh, and different things. Um, if I if I pay more money, do I get more powers or what? Yes, medicine is a power, is evil, evolutions. Uh, all NFTs will be different from each 
other ants will consist of more than 300 color and change combinations. All characters is designated Blender 3D applications and completely produced by driving every feature. You can find my work on Twitter and Instagram. You can also my Discord channel and ask me your questions and options. In your projects, NFTs is offered for selling open Ethereum blockchain or price range for the opening is determined as 0.01 and 0.03. So far, 130 NFTs have been produced and offered for sale, and five of them have been sold. NIF NFTs will be produced and shared every day. We do have one problem, my friend. Um, none of us here yes. know anything about crypto. We don't know how to buy NFTs or anything. Crypto? This is a political space. Ah, yes, bro. So Let's fuck them up. Let's go. <laughs> okay. What do you like? Republican Party or what? Uh, I, I would cut right in the middle. It just left immediately. That was easy. I thought it would be like more complex than that. Yeah, just fuck, I mean, fuck them all. I don't mind listening, of course, but it's a bit boring when he's reading off a screen and he doesn't know who we are. It's like okay, so I think I think uh, well, in your opinion, what do you think? We are Republicans or we libertarians? We anarchists or we just people? Um, Vera, Vera, he's already gone. You don't have to actually turn this to a political talk. Yeah, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get rid of him, and I thought that was the way, and it clearly worked. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. But coach, you were nice enough to put his tweets in the uh, nest. I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah, I wanted. To, well, I was like open to him fully. I like this weird, like, kind of weird, psychedelic, spazzy children's drawing thing he's got going on. I like the, I like the, um, the guy with the star head. He looks like he'd really, like if he's trying to get, you know, like when cats go through small gaps, they measure the size of the gap with their whiskers and like they won't go down a gap that's too small. I'm imagining like this, this star head guy trying to get through a door and then like being stuck. Do you know what I mean? He's probably really frustrated all the time and stuff. So I started to imagine his life of frustration and like navigating the world and how it's really inconvenient for him with his, you know, uh, long, big head um, and how he probably has to go sideways into all his like doorways and stuff. I, you know, I was into it like to start with, but then he just like read off his screen. I don't know. And he didn't get to know us. He didn't know who we are or what this place is about and stuff. I like the crosses on him. It's like he's a child of God, too. Yeah, it's like a mystical thing going on some kind of like the the second one on the, the tweets at the top looks a bit like a cult cult thing something yeah, little, weird going little, on. little antichrist thing going on that's cool it's not uncreative but his his like capacity to get anyone to buy is really uncreative well i mean it's on open sea so i guess you know maybe there'll be some traffic there one day on the next nft bull run or whatever the fuck yeah i'm scrolling through his Here's the ones. I'm not sure what the point of it is, though. Yeah, we probably don't need to go down that rabbit hole too far um, since we have Vera here and Gina. Um, so, yeah, when are you guys planning this? Uh, you're DM DMing each other. When are you going to, like, is it going to be like nunchucks versus jujitsu or some shit? Like, uh, I think we're just going to do face off. 
I say let's set a date. Let's make an actual destination. Maybe uh, what? Uh, maybe like Newport Beach or something. I don't know. Like, well, the, the thing is, I'm gonna be deployed very soon, so that might wanna make it very complicated. But uh, hey, if Gina is um, willing to come down to my post on my should, base, should we should we like post an ambulance nearby or something? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, we should definitely um, take care of her. I'm not worried about me, but her is very, very sensitive. No, no, we don't need an ambulance. This is to the death. So fuck an ambulance. Yeah. Right here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make make sure you have somebody who can identify your body afterwards. That's the only thing I should. They're going to need like a a, a casket or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, box, whatever. Good luck with that. We'll see. Yeah. Well, well, how would you how would you like us to handle your body? Would you like us to burn it right away and spread your ashes, or would you like us to keep it longer so you can stink and maybe we can put it? I don't know. What would you like us to do? I'm like Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm more powerful dead, Vera. So be careful what you wish for. So it's funny. Vera's actually like taking your um, your religious beliefs into consideration, right? She doesn't want to desecrate the body in some way that you wouldn't approve of. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That, that that's 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 thoughtful, Vera. Thank you. Oh yeah. So please tell me, how would you like me to handle your death? I would like to be cremated, Viking Good. style. I, I'm gonna burn you. I'm gonna burn you. Don't you fucking worry Vi- about that. Viking style. Uh, I don't, just stop it. I'm gonna burn you. <laughs> Viking style. No, she's you like, said you're, you said you're being considerate. Viking style. Gina, she was fine with just simply setting you on fire, but when it came to building a fucking boat, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, um, I'm not building a fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, if you're gonna be considerate of it, do it all the way. Don't half ass it. No, no, nobody, nobody got time for that. But hey, buy a boat, right? You got money coming in with people paying for you to go on fucking vacation. Buy a fucking okay, boat. Fine, 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 fine. I'll, I'll make something happen. Don't you fucking worry. I'm going to burn you in style. Don't you worry, girl. I got Touché. you. And you can make money off of it, all right? Sell fucking tickets to yeah, the event. Can you imagine all the Instagram influencers gonna come down, take fucking stories, and making TikTok videos of somebody being burned? Exactly. Viking style. Viking style. Exactly. Gotcha, okay, girl. Wait, wait, wait. Vera, check this out, all right? You painted in your avatar paint job doing some fucking avatar ritual around my boat before you fucking burn it viking style hmm people would fucking buy tickets for that shit okay I- i'm thinking about i should start printing out flyers right now 50 50 split though the other 50 percent goes to my uh to my uh family all right but do you understand you have to really die right I told oh, you, oh, I'm oh, like Obi Wan oh, Kenobi. Oh, oh, I'll be oh, much you, more oh, powerful than. Are you trying to fake it? Then we can do 70, 75, 25 if you I fake f- it. I feel like we bring up no, the no, very no, best 40, 60, people here. 40, 60. 40, 40, 60 if I fake it. 40, 60 if I fake it. 50, 50 if I actually die. Um. Well, I don't want anybody to get hurt, so I'll take the um. Yeah, 40, 60 sounds sounds more reasonable. Yeah. We can do that. All right. All right. 
Yeah, you can't really trust these Ukrainian bitches, right? Like they <laughs> they'll go to war with you. Yeah. Fantastic guys. So um come down to the bay. Uh we're gonna have a burning of this um a creature who succumbed to injuries in the fight with Avatar, who was um alien infused creature as well. And it's now like we're gonna burn alien her body. versus Wonder Woman. Yeah, and I now we're gonna it. burn his her body in a bay to everybody see. Seventy-five dollars to view, hundred twenty-five to get close. Please reserve your seats, motherfuckers. Fuck that! Charge more. We can get more. People pay three hundred dollars for fucking pick. Okay, let's go. Pictures of fucking feet, all right? We can get more. I think a grand. We can easily okay. get a grand. Okay. $1,000, blow it out. You have an opportunity to get close to ashes of one and only human allowance of opportunity to shark up and build up and be on the same level with Avatar. I don't know. This is how, this is how a proper online war is done, right? Um, you have to facilitate uh, everything. You have to make sure that there's a, like, a, you know, proper elimination of the body. Like, you know, the normal sort of like, you know, internet LARPing and whatnot doesn't count for shit, right? You got to have a plan. You have to execute on it. Um, you have to, like, take jujitsu lessons or whatever the fuck. And then you have to go out, go to town on it, right? Like, see, this is how it's actually done. Not like the nonsense you see on some other spaces where you know people just sort of pick a fight oh i'm i'm really strong and blah 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 right now you got to be willing to die and um that's been demonstrated here yeah i think we are willing to definitely earn some money yeah there's i think there's already a spread like there's a betting pool going on here um down here blockchain john down here and fantasy queen are both both like fucking like running pools against each of you each of you um yeah so i don't know like i'm not sure who's gonna win here but like i don't know i have, I'll have to think about this a little bit coach what do you think uh i was just distracted i'm sorry i was gonna I was say who do you think is gonna win for lunk were you were you getting a blowjob no not 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 yet not yet that's sad i, I thought i was hoping you were well, maybe you could fly to England, little Vera, and then I could lose my virginity. Oh, oh, that that's that's makes so much uh, comforting for me. Like I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say. It's it's very special that you actually offer that. Yeah, let let me let me check in. Maybe I can catch an early flight, and I'll, I'll be there tomorrow morning. I'll send you my calendly. Oh, oh, fuck that! Uh, I'll come. I'll, I'll come on my on my own schedule. Maybe a okay. Google Google invite or something like a Google calendar. Maybe. Yeah, just Is that Google. What you, use, uh, you should Google me. How about that? Yeah, I've got a, like a a one hour slot next Friday. Yeah, but 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 don't miss what I said. Um, some people don't know me, and you guys should just Google me to know who I am. I got 130,000 Bitcoin on Vera. Jesus Christ, oh. high roller here. Um, so uh, one, well, well, I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? 130,000 Bitcoin on Vera. Oh, 
Yeah, you know, with that kind of, you know, betting on the line, I think you could probably like buy like a missile launcher or something. Um, why, why stop with karate classes or whatever the fuck you're doing? Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is not karate, my friend, and it's uh, it is a different martial arts. Whatever. Uh, oh, um, yes and no. Um, yeah, we, we're not gonna stop here. Of course, we're gonna uh, launch missiles. We, we're gonna launch. Um, opportunities we're gonna launch people and we're gonna definitely launch um false beliefs into the future of course that we're gonna launch that as well so between los angeles and oakland we're gonna have like this war is that what it is we're gonna have like missiles flying oh we're not gonna have a war but we're definitely gonna have a civil attack mm. yeah so um blockchain john what do you think about this situation um you, you have any other interesting uh, things happening today? Uh, some strange ways we can take this conversation. It's like, um, uh, while we, we'll all enjoy like killing Gina, um, I think we've probably taken this as far as it needs to go. Uh, I'm just a guest here, man. I don't want to just, just come barging in. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, the entertainment. Hey, bro, what's up with your eyes? Yeah, good question. I don't know. What? What? what can you see? What, what? Why? Why your eyes are red? What, what happened to you? Have you slept? Are you okay? Lots and lots of drugs. That looks like it. Yes. So stop doing those drugs, please. It makes me happy. Well, um, it makes you believe that you're happy. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fine distinction. Yeah. Hmm. So wait, are we are we all buying Bitcoin today, or what? What's going on here? Like, what, I, I thought our friend our friend is giving Bitcoin away tonight, isn't it? Was a case? I think I think it says he's going to give uh, a Bitcoin to each person in a um a speak speaking panel. Like number go up or down? What are we doing? Oh, it's going down. Let me have a look. Atom's gone down quite a lot. It went. It was like the biggest drop yesterday. Yeah, it's getting to a good spot. I think what it was is like I think a bunch of cash flowed in, and and some wealthy accounts pumped it, um, in recognition of like this meeting coming up in Colombia or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. this week and probably it just got preemptively sold which uh, instead of like waiting for after the conference or whatever hype pump I think that was just kind of like some level of manufactured thing too here's a, here's a question I'll ask you guys this question what's your guys' buy point like more or less what are you guys looking at so for mine I've uh, for the longest time it's been my trigger my trigger buy point has been under 20k so anytime it would dip below 20K, I would buy Bitcoin. But now I'm starting to see that it's 
probably going to go lower. And now I'm starting to feel like maybe under 19K is going to be my new buy point. Where are you guys at with that? Mm, I think the, the simplest thing to do is just have like a, just just pick a point at every level. Oh, my, my, my buy point is when they give it to me for free. That's my buy point. So I don't know how you guys going to set yours, but that's where I setting my ad. Uh, whenever someone gives it to free, that's your point, huh? Yeah, uh, that's my buy point. Uh-huh. No, John, I was thinking like uh, the simplest thing to do is just simply escalate your buys on the way down. So like right. trying to sort of like blow your load all in one price is probably like there's no good way to do that, like no certain way. Um, yeah, yeah, that's my exact strategy. So that's, just that's scale in, as they Fine. say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably simplest thing to do. Um, and just always have like uh, the ability to get more lower, uh, and and generally just be able to get a larger buy lower too, not just the same size necessarily. So that's an option. Um, some people like just a straight like DCA. Some people like a like a dynamic dca and that like every day there's a buy but like if the price is lower the buy gets bigger that day so that's another way to do it so also it's little like tactics you can use if depending on whether you prefer to preserve capital versus just execute the capital and forget about it <clears throat> yeah that's what i've been doing like i said um i dca but i do have a trigger buy um so whenever it dips below like for the longest time like i said 20k now I'm going to restructure that to 19K just because I don't think we're going to come out of this anytime soon. And it looks like it's just going to go further down. And I, I'm okay with if it goes down. I'm just going to buy more. I mean, that's what I do. Just keep buying. Yeah, actually, it's just under 19 right now, actually, already. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, keep, uh, keep wasting yeah. your money as much as possible and you'll be fine. Yeah. Not the financial advice. Of course not. Hey guys. Hey Mitch, what's up? Yeah, not much. Um, my strategy is, um, I just sort of try to keep my wallet price the same. So, if the dollar value goes down, I just sort of top it back up. I just keep doing that. Yeah, you can definitely do that too. That's a sort of like simple. It's a visually simple thing, and it it prevents yeah. you from allocating too much in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my last buy was a couple of days ago. I got in at eighteen seven seven seven. Yeah, the the last time I bought a whole bunch was like right around like four k something like that. So it's been a while. Uh, I got a little bit here and there along the way up, but uh, like, oh, yeah. you talk about that four k that that uh, that uh, Black Swan event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bought, like, yeah that's where that, that's where I stacked my most right there, man. I dumped a lot right there. Yeah, and then like uh, the previous years, like there was that three K drop too, which is not bad. Um, I didn't catch the exact amount at the bottom, but like I had bu- I had been buying some on the way down again at that time, so that was not bad either. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, but I haven't really been paying attention too much to BTC as of late. It's just not uh, as interesting to me as some of the smart contract based things. What else are you into? Uh, right now, um, I'd say, well, uh, well, before Luna took a dirt nap, it was one of the more interesting um, sort of like uh, overall sort of like uh, use case projects that seems super interesting as far as decentralized stables. 
Um, but of course that didn't work out as you know, um, some of the folks here have been like just speculating on the Luna classic, you know, chain and kind of like bringing it back to life. And then other people have been, uh, holding on to just like the original Luna, but that's not really differentiated very well at this point. Um, but as far as cosmos in general, I'd say like, um, you know, probably just the atom coin, the, the main coin of the cosmos hub is there's a lot coming out through January. So um, there's going to be an ongoing they're, sort of narrative for they're that. Announcing, they're announcing Atom 2 on day three of Cosmoverse. So exactly. the 28th of September. And apparently there's different like value accrual um, mechanisms they can talk about and stuff. So it's quite a good narrative, even if it means nothing in reality. Yeah, and not only that, but in the actual... Um, interchain security doesn't come out till January, which is good because that creates like an ongoing sort of like discussion point for a number of months. And really all, all Adam has to do is like, you have to realize like it's been sort of like uh, finished, like a, maybe a consolidation versus Bitcoin for about three years now. So if it breaks out of that, you'll see a, a credible two or three X from where it is now. And it's already been at 45 before, so that's not hard to do, actually. So I think it will be a good candidate for like a breakout player for like, um, it'll, it'll, I think it'll counter, has a good chance of counter uh, trading the rest of the market um, versus lots of other things that don't have any immediate like storylines or, you know, developments coming. Um, not to mention like, you know, there's so many cosmos chains coming, right? So, um, there are some different opportunities there. Like, um, I think say network is coming in the next maybe six months or something. And I think, um, Celestia is coming. So it'd be interesting to keep an eye on those early on. And then, um, and then, and then when all these different chains show up, right? Like the atom coin becomes kind of like the the standard bearer, I would say, or is like the kind of the flag. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it, it's easier to craft some kind of narrative for this. And we all know in crypto, like a lot of the action is like narrative driven just because like marketing is some of the most expensive thing to buy. So viral narratives actually make more sense to bring in new users and bring in capital. I just wanted to uh, bring back Luna, that Luna topic that you mentioned. Um, how much, uh, I, I never got into Luna. Um, for me, it just it looked to, to be true, and I didn't want to jump into something like that. Um, but there was a news article that came out was it two days ago that uh, Do Kwan was uh, I guess there was like a warrant out for his arrest or something like that, or he was summoned to go back to was it South Korea? So in regards to like Do Kwan and Luna, does uh, is that going to affect? The Luna price, I, I I would believe so, right? Nah, not really. Nobody really gives a shit. <laughs> like, um, okay. Basically, um, number one, like uh, <laughs> Terra Two is actually the community chain now. Technically speaking, it it uh, doesn't like TFL doesn't have a large holding there. Luna Classic actually still has um, coins owned by TFL, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really make any difference. Like a significant portion of any sort of like achievements and things happening on the Duke chains have really little to do with uh, relatively little to do with TFL right now. So 
you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a thing either way. Now, does that mean it's like a negative narrative? Like maybe some people will say, Ooh, like, um, what's this all about? I'm not going to get involved with that. It's possible. Right. Um, but it's hard to tell, like, it's hard to tell how like the memes play. Cause here's the thing. When you have a nice negative catalyst, like let's say bad news, like, Oh, Doquan's going to jail or some shit. Then, um, what happens is, is you get like, um, you you have an opportunity to have like capitulation and seller exhaustion and crypto traders love capitulation so if you find yeah. a nice all, low all, you'll have a bunch all of news is good in. news right well we'll have a bunch of people ape in if you have a sufficiently good dump in the price and it tends to uh, so you want that velocity in a sense um where you have like a rapid dump is actually a good thing versus like a really slow bleed out that's bad <laughs> like because like slow bleeds there's no entry point whereas when you have a big like vertical drop down people jump in just for the fuck of it just to kind of uh, gamble on it so i think i think, I think he owns so much to the community i think what he could possibly do to uh um give back is dress as a mermaid before he goes behind bars yeah or maybe like perform yeah. like harry Carey or something yeah 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 he should definitely mm -hmm. do that yeah yeah i don't know uh I, well i guess um there may be more than one jurisdiction that wants to like uh question him or whatever so i don't even if there was like a warrant in one country he might do some fucked up shit like he might go to like the Singapore government or something and say, Hey, put out a warrant for my arrest over here. <laughs> like, so that you could like, you know, prevent having to be like extradited to another country or something. I don't know how that works, but. But the thing is, it shows you that you cannot just take someone's money and uh, be not held accountable for it. You know, okay. all this, all this little, all, all this little shits in the United States who are, taking people's money and they to build their own business and they think they can get away with that no it, it is not gonna happen all you motherfuckers are gonna go to fucking jail yeah um <laughs> so anyway um yeah i don't think uh yeah i don't know if uh, what he's going to be found guilty of but i think he's they have him on like a like one of these uh securities laws type of violations in in uh south korea i think so i i just don't know what the the sentence for that sort of thing actually is or if there's like it's him I'm specifically back. or versus a company right so what are we talking about well oh, okay. just one he was asking if uh the negativity surrounding the doquan incident is like is that a tradable thing or what? Yeah, well, <laughs> so. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not into Luna. Yeah. I'm still not interested in it. Um, I, I saw, I saw a lot of people. So for me, when the masses go towards something like that, you know, I know that there's a bunch of crypto bros out, and I just saw that, and I go, you know what? I'm not getting involved in that. That was my turn off, you know. Um, so I stayed away from it, and a lot of people got caught up in that. So I was like, oh, good thing I didn't get get stuck in that. But I, I wanted to segue into... It depends, uh, like, it depends on when you get into it, though. These things you have to do, mm -hmm. like, you cannot hesitate. You have to do it at the very early, the very... Yeah, bottom. yeah, yeah. See, that's another thing that I wanted to mention. I got into a bunch of uh, fresh cryptos, right, and, and fresh projects. And that's the thing. Everyone's like, D-Y-O-R, right? Hashtag D-Y-O-R. Do your own research. But it's literally, like, impossible when you're one of the first ones there. You're literally just making... I've done this over and over and over and over again. I've done massive research on this stuff. And and still, 
one of two things. There's one. Yeah, not enough I agree with you. Out. In general, the DYOR situation is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. The usual pattern is to to invest a bit, and then I will, I will tell you this. For a few weeks. Keep your so money. Much. Hold your money. Do not fucking give give your money anyone until you know exactly what you're doing. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I wanted to segue over to uh, uh, Vitalik and Ethereum because there was an article that came out saying that the SSC is now declaring that Ethereum is now part of the United States because hello, the majority of hello, validators hello, 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 are hello, 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 hello. What, what do you mean by part of the United States? Hello. Yeah, so an article came out, the SEC, the SEC chair, uh, Gary Ginzer, saying that, uh, that uh, Ethereum, since it moved over to proof of stake, is now going to be considered uh, a, a part of the United States. Ethereum is going to be uh, considered a part of the United States because the oh, that makes of, sense. What do, you, what do you mean part of the United States? What do you mean, uh, like part uh, of the United under, States under, taxation uh, or regulations? Yeah, under, under, under the Securities and Exchange Commission, under the SEC. So we're trying to say that uh, Ethereum blockchain is going to comply with SEC regulations. Correct. That's according but to is what it's been a security. So this is what the SEC is saying because the majority of validators, and it's not really a majority. I think it was like forty-two percent, something like that. Yeah, uh, like control 40%. the most. Um, yeah. Which which was a majority in comparison to the entire blockchain of validators, forty two percent being the majority. Which means they are securities resides resides within the United States, and so any transaction that is processed through the Ethereum blockchain is considered a transaction, and transactions that are processed through the Ethereum will be regulated by the SEC. So yeah, which means which means that makes them securities because. They control majority of the votes. That makes sense. Because if you define what the securities are, securities is any investments you make that is out of your control and is controlled by other entity. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it is, truly. Mm -hmm. So my question is... I lost my uh, Wi-Fi there a minute. I had to like switch to cell and reconnect, so I, I missed some of the comments. Unacceptable. There, but... <laughs> yeah so john what was Get your, your uh, fucking better form, your man. issue is what with ethereum then with no no, no it's, it's not an, it's not it's not an issue i'm just i'm just bringing up a, a fresh topic that i just i've got an article on yeah so, uh, I, I saw that uh, it's um the the sec is like just kind of like um like arbitrarily creating all sorts of fuckery so it's really hard to tell like what they're doing and why and blah 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 um i, I think it's yeah it's not really clear exactly what that implies for for Ethereum one way or the other. I don't know. Like, It's kind of clear because um, if you think about what ACC is saying, what is securities are, securities are any sort of investments that you uh, spend, let, let, I'm just going to say it very foolishly. You, let's say you invest ten, ten, $10 into something that you have no control the way that investment's going to go that are securities you benefit you are benefiting somebody else <laughs> with your investments 
So, um, no, I think John, the, um, the, yeah, the story there is that basically, yeah, the, the, um, you know, is this, can they construe it as security? Sure. They probably could. Um, are they going to, I don't know. And like, what, you know, are, is there other legislation going to take place that's going to supersede whatever the hell they're coming up with? That's possible. Um, but one thing is for sure, like Ethereum is, uh, has become like sort of ridiculously centralized in both in liquid staking and in, uh, in like, um, you know, power of the, who, who owns what part of the network and surprised? where. So it's not, uh, yeah, unfortunately it, it lacks, um, it lacks sufficient decentralization, at, decentralization oh. at this point. So without that narrative, like I'm not exactly sure what's next for like growth of that network. Are, are you surprised that it's centralized? Um, not any more surprised than I am of like, let's say, for example, Bitcoin mining pools being centralized. So, um, create like arbitrarily creating centralizations of decentralization is actually very difficult. Um, like systems, computer systems have a tendency to become centralized almost no matter what you do. In the, over the long long arc, they, t- they just tend to be like the number of players that can afford to play the game becomes smaller and smaller, and it just that's just what happens to some extent. So, yeah, nobody has figured out exactly how to um, do a great job maintaining speed while also maintaining like um, like highly scalable decentralization. If that makes sense, like yeah, yeah, agreed. I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the internet, for example, um, it started out uh, a significantly more decentralized than it is now, and over time, it just became more and more centralized with, you know, cloud services and everything else being uh, like uh, focused with, you know, a relatively few companies. So, yeah, this is a, this is a constant problem in the the um, uh, like even even with IPFS, man. IPFS was supposed to be like a decentralized thing, but that's more centralized than anything, man. That's it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, here's my prediction: yeah. uh, Ethereum will be facing a a Congress or a government soon. He's going to have to t- make a testament to what Ethereum is. This is my uh, prediction: a testimonial or something in front of some. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if any of that really. At the end of the day, like it's going to be up to legislators to finally like create laws specific to this in some form or fashion. And you know, what are they going to use? Like you know, Nakamoto coefficients and shit. Like you know, the reality is that the the political class doesn't know exactly what to do at this point. Even the um, I missed the last bit, but even the SEC doesn't have a fucking clue what to do. Like, um, I have maybe you as well, Sefi, I have a lot of friends in, in certain cryptocurrencies, which we are very familiar with that have talked to the sec after certain things happened, um, as part of the ordinary process. And they told me that the questions the sec asked demonstrated almost no understanding of how any of this worked, <laughs> which is quite interesting because right. they're going to be the people who regulate it. Well, what's different in crypto is like, uh, while a stock, as you imagine, would be a security, um, the thing about crypto is it's both used as a security function for like fundraising, oftentimes, and it's also used simultaneously as a utility function, as like a currency, medium exchange type of thing. 
So it's it's a little bit different than stocks and such, but many, many, many crypto projects use the power of like crowdsourced fundraising essentially to issue essentially what amounts to a security. So like a vast majority of the space of like little mini coins um, is mm. their most definitely securities. Now, like the issue will end up being like, okay, if they make them illegal, you know, are they going to go after teams and things for doing this? Are they going to have enough manpower to do this? Are teams just going to like incorporate or whatever outside of countries where the, it doesn't, you know, like the jurisdiction doesn't matter. Um, it just depends like um, how, and then the other thing is like fiat on ramps and off ramps, right? Like, are they going to lock those up? Um, yeah, it, it becomes complicated uh, to figure I'm, out. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slightly disagree with Coach in regards to saying that the SEC doesn't really know what they're doing. And the reason I'm gonna say that is because the chair Gary Gensler is a very, very knowledgeable man when it comes to crypto, blockchain, and pretty Hold much up. everything else out there. That I'm guy. Terrified. I didn't, I didn't say that they know nothing and I didn't say Gary Gensler didn't know anything. <laughs> I said that with, with specific cryptocurrencies, they often aren't educated enough to how they work. Like something novel like Terra and algorithmic stablecoins and something. It's very hard to get a, a decent team up to speed on exactly how it works with yeah, such yeah. a novel financial technology. Even so those of us who, here yeah. fucking yeah. around with it all day don't yeah. know, right? The people, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. people who interviewed like about, about that particular thing although, you know, no comment on whether that's a real story or not, um, said the SEC interviewers just really did not know how it worked. Yeah, yeah. I agree with no, you. Okay, I agree with you. Not only that, but, like, uh, I, I would disagree that, like, you know, Gensler is some kind of, like, mega genius on this shit. Like, I've seen his, like, things that, um, uh, you know, I've seen his talks and whatnot, and they're, I don't know, they're, they're, they show some baseline knowledge, but like how much does he play in this space? How much does he like understanding yeah. the nuances of various like smart contract platforms and this and that and the other thing? Um, you need time playing and you need really specific domain knowledge. It's there's just no substitute to it. If you're a generalist or a regulator, mm-hmm. you're not right. going to know about specific things. So I'm, I'm not I, I'm not I'm all in for Gary Gensler, but for the time being, he is the best man to be sitting in that chair that has some understanding of what crypto is. I don't know. Like when, I don't know if you were there when we, uh, you might've been there when I interviewed um, Everett, you know, the guy that was like working for the SEC in his department as such. And he's more of a libertarian and um, basically said, uh, Gary Gensler doesn't have any fucking clue what he's doing. (laughs) Like he, he resigned over the fact that like none of the recommendations he was making that were more libertarian in, in nature were being followed by the SEC or, or, by Gensler, so he Gensler sort of gave you that, gave him that like, thank you for your service, um, sort of like talk, and then sent about the door. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. The people that so, I've spoken to worked so at the SEC have not suggested that necessarily that he's going to be pro anything. Hmm. So like, I, I don't, I don't, and, I don't want to say that I, I'm, I'm a Gary fan, right? Um, yeah, but, I see what you're saying. Like you're, the the narrative is that like, okay, he he understands blockchain a little bit, and therefore yeah, he's he, be he's he's blockchain. instructed. He's instructed on blockchain. He was an instructor at MIT and instructed on blockchain. He understands the concept. I think he's the only guy out there that's readily available to sit in that chair and make some rational decisions on understanding of what blockchain is. I mean, I would hate to see somebody else that's uh, who was the I forgot the last person that was there had no clue. I forgot who it was before 
Garrett took it over. But I remember I would get just yeah. so frustrated. But I, but I would I would warn like everybody like the crypto space is just a general clusterfuck. Like I know people uh, like uh, I'm I'm well aware of all the merits of you know like for example why Bitcoin is what it is. But like the, one of the problems is like fundamentally a problem is is that without any kind of native privacy feature, um, the the reality is is that like corporations can't use it, businesses can't use it, um, not not reliably, and and individuals can't uh use it to its full extent without privacy either so people will tell you oh there's workarounds and this and that and the other thing but like at the end of the day um you know you anything that doesn't have like a, some sort of privacy piece to it is going to have like limitations and that includes a lot of the other shit we talk about um it's just going to have certain limitations that make it hard to utilize it in real world application and um so yeah like we, we like there is an element of like uh you know tooting our own horn when it comes to crypto and shit but there are definitely some serious uh like still some major limitations to its utility um that haven't been really fully solved i think bitcoin is more interesting as a mathematical problem than it is as a and as a philosophical and mathematical tool than it is necessarily a definitive thing that's going to take over the world or whatever um just so many different reasons why there that I think there's like major barriers to that. Hey, Sefi, Coach, uh, Vera, Gina, thank you guys for the entertainment. I'm going to check out for the night. I got to get up in five hours for work. Yes, I still have a regular job, unfortunately. Yes. So, mm. hey, it was nice. I'll be I'll be back some other time. All right. Cool. Okay. Look yeah. 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 Actually, nice meeting you. Actually, Bruce, this is probably a good time to to break because I've got to wake up in the morning as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was about to leave too. Like three here. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your chat. Uh, dear Coach Bruce Wrangler and JP, I came to talk to you. I am Mertullo. I am a member of Terrorabas living in Turkey. He was so good to see Lunchdown, Vegas, and Happy Kitty. Bruce Wrangler, uh, last night I sent you a Twitter at DM, uh, but you didn't see it. I got your names uh, tattooed. I would appreciate it if you check out my profile. Uh, if you follow me, it will be honored on Twitter. Terror Rebels uh, is an organization we have been with you from the very beginning. I am a Terror Rebels mascot. Uh, I am going to do new crazy state on it. Wait, are you the one that are you the one that did all the tattoos? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Cool. See my profile. Uh, Crazy motherfucker! Why did you do all those tattoos on your arm? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to you uh, all your your efforts. Uh, take care of yourself. I honored uh, hosting your hosting you in Turkey. Good day to you all. Awesome. Thank you, man. Good day. Coach, time, see man. my profile, Coach Brunt, uh, Coach Bruce Brandler and JP, please. Looking hard. Awesome. Looks really good. That's wild. Yeah. Some people are pretty hardcore. <laughs> Got the tattoos and everything. Well, if you believe in something. Why not? I suppose it's, it's like you have tattoo something on, right? Novogratz had a tattoo, didn't he? Um, yeah, Novogratz, that's funny. Actually, the top signal was, uh, was uh, you know, hey, baby. Hey, don't say the one. Don't say the one Mertz here. <laughs> What's that? I said, don't say that one Mertz here. 
No, not 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 Novogratz. The top signal was actually Dove uh, naming his baby Luna. <laughs> like, oh, baby Luna's born. <laughs> Crash, right? Like that was the- yeah, I thought that was kind of a goofy thing to do, personally. Guys, the next show will be to jump on the football field uh, with your name on the jersey. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I think one thing people have forgotten about is I keep saying to a few people, you know, the, the Washington nationals, the adverts is still up and that can be used for, by, uh, both Lunk and Luna, which is quite interesting. Like the, the advertising campaign was what, like 38 million, $40 million a year. So that's all paid for. And it's on every baseball game. Um, and also the clubhouse is there still. So like if you go on the Washington Nationals page, every single little video and things is still like completely covered in, in terror advertisements and logos, which is really funny. Like they haven't pulled the plug or anything out of any fit. It's all up there. Um, I think if the Lunk community finds out about that, they could be quite interested and excited. I did post it once, but nobody seemed to, to realize because it's like the most outrageous advertising spend. At a time when it had like, I don't know, like $60 billion, right? There was just way too much money to spend. So we had to find ways to spend it. But now it's like an absurd amount compared to like the actual value. So yeah, it's cool. I remember like, I remember getting really nervous about the fact that, um, remember when, uh, when uh, Terra, they decided to use like the team, like the Terra tokens, right? And they started using them to um fund certain things like this lfg and whatnot i was like oh man i don't know like that's a lot of money to not have gone through price discovery that you're going to sort of like you know spread onto the market i don't we have no idea what the impact of that would be and um that was like the first thing that just kind of bothered me i was like i don't know maybe like but then what happened i think was i don't remember what timing was but like remember then that was like there was that big dump that happened to like maybe like 45 bucks or something. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, I don't know. It's a pretty good dip. And then you remember when like three arrows capital and a bunch of other people like threw in a billion dollars. Um, I think it was like, yeah. I think Shardy B ETH was one of the people that was saying that she had like, uh, was, was asked to like throw in with that. I don't think she did at the end of the day, but, um, three arrows capital and a few other, and then I was like, Oh, look at all these big like players coming in. Like, uh, you know, like they're likely to defend the peg and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, you know, and then, you know, oh, it's, it's probably going to go well. And then, um, th- this idea was like, oh, like we would have sufficient demand for whatever outstanding Luna there would be. And people just gobble it up basically is the, is this theory, right? Cause all these big players are coming in. Why wouldn't they like, you know, throw in more capital as needed. Right. So that was kind of like where the trouble started, I think, is that when they started using team funds. Like you have to think about like there's a supply showing up and now you have this a, a, a significant change in supply, but it hasn't gone through price discovery, yeah. which, uh, you know, like even if you look at BTC or something like that, like, um, you know, price discovery di- directionality is like just extreme volatility. If you think about it and over the relative, sh- you know, relative short spans. And uh, so if you just simply like take, let's say Satoshi's wallet, right. And let's say you dump his wallets into the, into the river, <laughs> like we can bring it into the system all of a sudden, like the idea that it won't have no impact is, um, 
you know, it's, it's going to have an impact <laughs> at some level. And uh, the crazy thing was like, I think Tara had like, um, TFL had like what, like 55% of the token supply or some shit. Like it's quite a lot actually. Um, it, you know what, you know what I thought Bruce would have been a way to like actually substantially um, change that equation is if they actually mm. just would have destroyed their fund. Right. Like the team should not have held that much um, and, and expected to like utilize that for anything. Yeah. You know? That would have been interesting. But I guess, yeah. And there never feels like a right time to do that. Right. Cause when it goes good. Right. But still, it's almost like it, there, there would never be a right time to do that. And it was, it's always going to be, oh, we can no, exactly. use that to build more of the system. And who knows, when we're a trillion-dollar system, you know, we'd have to use this for something or something like that. Well, that's the thing. It's like when you – yeah, when it's best to burn, it's like when people aren't thinking – yeah, they're, they're not thinking protectively, are they? Mm-mm, they're thinking like how to invest this and stuff and, you know – it's never going to win. I, I brought that up at some discussion. I was like, oh, maybe you know, maybe should, like TFL should destroy it, and uh, and uh, that would kind of cement this thing, you know, to like uh, it would take away. Actually, what would have happened? It would have taken away a lot of the fear of that being dumped eventually, and that would make the thing more palatable to outside investors, like whether it's hedge funds or whoever, because you know, if you have like that huge of a centralized token supply, right. It was always going to be a future dump at some point. And, um, like smart money does not like to be dumped on, right. Like big funds and whatever. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like many of those would wait until the centralization of the supply went down before entering. And, um, you know, did that like, you know, but the other question is like mathematically, was the peg mechanism going to work? And there are some people, um, I think Tobias and uh, Jacob were chatting. Um, like this guy sounds like a, just an extreme, like ultra computer scientist kind of guy. He's like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the peg mechanism was going to fail no matter what was his, was his thought. Yeah. Um, it was on the, there was a conversation going on between, I don't know if you were on that conversation with Jacob and him, but it was like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe it would have failed no matter what monetary policy was put in place. It's quite possible. Anyway, yeah, it's like a interesting kind of thing. But like the the the, the Bitcoin crowd will always go, "Oh, we told you so. Something was going to happen, right?" This is the kind of the idea. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like any prior tribes will pretty much immediately say, "Well, see, our tribe was right, and yours was wrong, and all that." But like, look at Ethereum now; it's like super centralized. So, if something bad happens. Uh, there is a there is a potential for serious loss of funds, right? And, and in terms of valuation, so the thing is, then what ends up happening is that becomes a self fulfilling prophecy at some level, right? Because like mm-hmm. bigger and bigger funds are going to be like, wait a minute, like why would we put mega dollars in here if it's not any safer? And we can take like we can actually get much better upside, you know, investing in some fucking AI stock or something. <laughs> like so, at the end of the day, it's like even the speculative benefit of some of the cryptos don't make sense. If you include like the, the long tail risk of some of them. Um, and I think that can actually curtail some of the growth. Maybe I'm just talking FUD and maybe I'm just like in the bear market doldrums or some shit, but like, I think yeah. there is an, there is a, there's an element of this um, long term, And I think it's the reason why Bitcoin has dropped as far as it has. Um, it's this idea that like, well, um, 
you know, like, and not only that, but the bigger coins like Ethereum, Bitcoin, like all these futures markets, right? Um, you, you can like infinitely short these things essentially. So this idea that like Bitcoin supply limited, yes, but like the number of uh, shorts outstanding or leverage shorts you can create um, is not necessarily out um, unlimited, right? Willie Wu mentioned that a few times. And like, uh, so yeah, it's not th th this kind of like concept of supply um, is not as simple as just counting what's on the blockchain. Once they get credibly big enough, then all these future markets and all these other things open up and it creates like a casino outside of the actual token supply. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Mm, let's see. Here's an, uh, sailing SV on So that's a interesting long name. Captain Ondine, Are you, are you there? You know who Ondine is? The, have you heard of Ondine's Curse, Bruce? No, I was reading Captain Ondine's Sea Nymph, Father First Atlas. So there's something it's called Ondine's Curse. I think it's a Greek myth or something. And there's a medical condition where, like, you don't, you you lose the uh, ability to involuntarily breathe. So only voluntary breathing sort of keeps oh, you alive. I, sorry, you cut up over the last like ten seconds. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. No, Andine's curse is like where you, you can't involuntarily breathe. So what is that? Like your medulla oblongata or something? The Yeah, your 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 um like reticular activating system and the different things that like affect your um your brainstem breathing functions. Yeah, you lose them. And so you can only breathe when you volunteer like you have to like intentionally breathe. Huh. <laughs> so it's a weird, like a weird thing. Is that is that like detecting the level of CO two or something? Then that, that like what's yeah, the mechanism? You, yeah, you have this carbon dioxide detector in this area, and um, but exactly what is broken there? I'm You're not, not sure. sure. Yeah, I don't know what the, there's an exact. I don't know if the mechanism is known exactly, but the point is like you, you have to like think to breathe, which is weird. Mm. So, what happens with um, you know, polio and the iron lungs? What happens with that? Like, what? Because they can't breathe themselves; they have to do it voluntarily. Yeah, the iron lung. Um, the the thing was, uh, they didn't have electronic circuits at the time, right? So you couldn't, they couldn't have, they couldn't detect your breathing pattern and then give you a breath. Yeah. So one yeah. thing was, it was all fixed rate. Like someone had to sit there and pump a bellows. But what the iron lung did was it wrapped around your chest and it's, and it created a vacuum around your body so yep. that the body expands and air goes into the lungs. Mm. So it's a little bit different than how a modern ventilator works, which is what, what, I, what I mean is what's the, like, what's the specific, um, damage that polio does that, that Oh yeah. Polio is neurologic. So it affects the spinal cord. Um, uh -huh. so it's similar to like West Nile virus and things like this. It'll, it'll damage the uh, neurologic uh, pathways to your diaphragms like the the muscle kind of the mm -hmm. wiring to the muscles the wiring to the muscles yeah so your your phrenic nerves were really just a spinal cord level it'll damage the like ah. cervical spine roots so like c345 or you know keep the diaphragm alive as they say <laughs> is a phrase um but yeah if it affects that cervical nerve roots then it will affect your ability to breathe yeah so that's how polio worked and that was like when the ventilators were first invented, actually. Mm. Um, you know, there's like, still in them as well, the iron lungs. There's a last, the last few, I think, the last one or two still going. They're, they're still going, <laughs> really? Yeah, yep. like 
quite old now, but there's I think they're still going. There was a, a few documentaries a while, a few years ago now, of really? um, yeah, people who's still in them. And um, there's no, like, because I guess polio faded out, there was no incentive to, to build a better thing. So they're still in these these machines that have well, been. But you could do you could use a regular vent for that. I'm not sure why they'd be in that. I think um, I think one. It sounds really weird. <laughs> no, I think one. I'm just trying to remember because it was a while ago now. I think one woman said she just kind of likes it, like it's the only time she feels at peace or something, as well. <laughs> okay. And I remember one of the, in the documentary, one one of the women was talking about how she feels so lucky because a guy locally knows how to repair them. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that is generally funny. Yeah. There's no obvious reason to continue to use them. Like you could just do a trach and then like Addy wants to learn how to do a trach. <laughs> you can do a trach in somebody and then just vent them through it. It's not even, even every day, like eight hours oh, a yeah. day resting. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. That's how we, that's how people like ALS and stuff like that are kept alive. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing too. Like, um, if you have like, if you're young, right, and let's say you have a cervical spine injury or some sort of mm-hmm. like uh, disease, like polio or something. Hold on, can then, I? One yeah. question: Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't the way of you doing it be more uncomfortable than just a kind of a whole body iron lung thing? No, because now, because then you're stuck in that thing, right? Like, because then your head is, you know, just laying there on flat, and like you, your mobility is very limited at that point. Right, so the trach is really comfortable. Actually, it's like people don't have a lot of problems with those as long as they're like, huh. um, yeah, they do. People do pretty good with them. But the and thing you, is, here's the thing: like, yeah. like I consider there's like several stress tests that happen. It's interesting. Um, so if you're young and you have some disease and you wind up, uh, let's say you have a spinal cord injury, like uh, like Christopher Reeve. I don't know if you know the guy, the guy that played Superman. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. He had a horsing accident, equestrian accident, and he fell and uh, broke his neck. And so for him, had um, uh, like, so he basically was ventilated and all. And um, so with a tracheostomy. So there's kind of several stress tests that happen to human body when you go through something like this. One is, it's a um, the mental stress test, right? Like if you lose that much freedom, you get stuck in bed. Yeah. Um, can you actually handle the sort of like the psychological impact that has? And can you actually decide to have a interesting life afterwards? Like if you're Stephen Hawking and you have like the power of Oxford or some shit, right? Like, like or Cambridge mm-hmm. or I don't remember where he was. Oxford, I think. Uh, he was at Cambridge, I think. Cambridge, Cambridge. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's Cambridge. Like you have a bunch of people taking care of you. That's fine. Okay. And his mind is really important. So they kind of kept him going. Right. But if you don't have that kind of thing, like what are you going to do sitting in your little on your ventilator in a bed, you know, looking at the roof or whatever? It's pretty boring. So yeah. the mental uh, stress test is one thing. The second stress test is can your skin tolerate staying in bed longer periods of time? Right. So some people, their skin will break down much easier than others. Um, the third thing is when you are laying in bed and you have a trach in, you now have like this piece of plastic in your neck, which is like a way to get infection to go in, right? So it's easy for infections to show up in there. So the third stress test is your ability of your lung to handle like recurrent onslaught of bacteria that normally would not like enter, right? So one of these three things, if you make it through all of this and you kind of get through, if you're young, you may be able to make it. But older pay, older people that wind up on these things, like 
you know, 70, 80, 90, these types of ages, we like almost never recommend going on these things because like you typically will fail one of those three stress tests in a sense, and you'll decay over a period of months anyway, or over, you know, even six months potentially, but people just don't do well. Their quality of life sucks. And it's just a stupid life to have. Like it doesn't make any sense. You're better off dead to some extent. And, um, many people can't like make it work anyway. So it's both physically and practical, unlikely to work well. On top of that, you have a terrible functional quality of life. So a lot of times I don't recommend people go on them for like any kind of like permanent life support thing. Only if you can make, you, you can get better. You come off of these things is how I look at things, yeah. but you don't want to be stuck on them for some reason. They don't make, it doesn't make any sense. I'm just, um, just before you spoke, I, I looked up like, um, can you hear me? All right. I've just changed tabs. Um, let me see. Yeah, you're good. I looked up like, what's the difference between ventilators and iron lungs for polio? And it says the iron lung is a negative pressure ventilator. In contrast, modern ones are a positive pressure. What does that yeah. mean exactly? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like the iron lung is just literally a big tank that you put your body in right and you suck the air out of the tank for a breath and what that does is it creates a vacuum expanding your chest from the outside does that make sense yeah yep. like the vacuums outside your body with the positive pressure ventilator it's basically a, a, a pushing uh, air pump yeah it's just pumping air in and so you're just pushing how a cpap works yes exactly air all in. of those okay. things are the same yeah all of those are just like positive pressure ventilators but the downside is like positive pressure breathing is like unnatural in the sense that your alveoli are not meant to be stretched with positive pressure, right? Normally we breathe negative pressure all day long. Mm. Like, so that creates certain issues. So mm, it, it took like 20 years to figure out, Oh, like you're not supposed to use really high volumes in there because it, it can actually injure the alveoli through stretching them and causing inflammation and, and a respiratory distress syndrome and stuff like this. So mm, like the current concept is to use a least amount of, ventilator pressure and volume and everything is possible essentially so it's like the the least is best kind of philosophy um so yeah, yeah it's actually for it's interesting actually if covid like let's say covid happened um i don't know let's say 20 years ago the effect would have been dramatically worse like we learned a lot over a course of 20 years as far as like the nuances of um how to manage these kinds of problems um yeah, the, 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 like, not to mention the number of ventilators available 20 years ago is way less. So, um, yeah, in that situation, if, if you were, and not only that, we had high flow cannulas, another thing we didn't have then. So, yeah, like, I would say that if comparatively to, like, if this would have happened 20 years ago, probably like, um, I would say probably 80% or more of the people had just simply been left to die if it would happen that much, like it would have been really bad. <laughs> like it would have been terrible. Um, now this was pretty bad too. It's not going to be wrong, but it would have been like orders of magnitude worse in terms of just body bags. I would say 20 years ago. It's like another thing is like BiPAP machines, CPAP machines and high flow cannulas. Mm -hmm. All these things came up because of sleep apnea and this and that. So like we just happened to have a bunch of machines laying around that, and capabilities that you would you simply would not have had had it not been for all these interesting developments. Um, so yeah, people don't realize that like, like when they show up, like what are these things and 
who invented them and how many do we have and things like that. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, when you talk about like the, the third stressor, so the potential for infections of, of something inserted into the neck, for instance, like a, like a trach or whatever. Um, I, when I was, I was just thinking about like the difference between an iron lung and, and doing that like regular ventilation. Is that risk significant? Like, is it like if there was someone using an iron lung long term, um, would, would they even factor in that risk? compared to yeah, if you, the people have looked at this like to try to create like negative pressure ventilators of some sort or the other again like a, they have a helmet type of thing that they use during some people yeah. like looked at during covid it's a funny little headpiece um yeah the, but the problem is they're just impractical like so you'll you'll trade one problem for the other because if you're stuck in an iron lung right you're just going to more likely get a decubitus ulcer somewhere on your back mm. so you're, you're it's all trade-offs at that point like um, and iron lung has like very specific, you know, type of trade-offs because of its like sheer bulk, right? You can't move inside the damn thing or not much. So could you have an iron room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the power, um, so imagine like a small room and a powerful enough machine to create like a, a vacuum that's constantly oscillating. Could you have a room in which <laughs> it, it makes you breathe? If you have the I money. don't think so because it would exert this pressure not just against your chest, but it would exert it against your mouth too. You'd have to have a yeah. You'd have to have everything like um, tied down in the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it just it, it wouldn't be seg- your mouth and your chest wouldn't be segregated then. So it's like you're you'd ha- you wouldn't have a pressure differential. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be the problem. So like the iron lung, your head has to be outside of the thing. Uh, because your mouth and your nose and everything would not be in the same like box, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're you're otherwise there's no net effect of vol- you know pressure drop, so you don't have any volume movement into your lungs. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. What I'm trying to imagine is if I was a billionaire and I had polio, and uh, I wanted to live in the most pleasurable fucking way and like stroll around my house with potentially a helmet or something on, but like otherwise be quite mobile and avoid the whole iron lung thing. Like, how would I do it engineering wise? And it's like an interesting. <laughs> I think the simplest is still the trach because the 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 modern ventilators are really small now. Mm. So like the little CPAP machines, things like that. You don't you don't even need that fancy of a vent actually. Like something really small now would do the job. So like the micronization of like these technologies and the like the how good the batteries are now. That's the other thing. Like they didn't like about five years ago, right? If you had a disease that required oxygen. You're rolling, you're rolling around town with tanks and shit. Now it's like battery powered, small cell, small cell scale concentrators have come out. It's like a purse size thing, right? So these things you can carry, um, it's, it's not that different from, let's say carrying like maybe a heavy laptop or something. And, um, it's, they're battery powered and they do pretty good. Yeah. So like big changes have happened in like the tech uh, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's a lot more convenient to be, <laughs> to have an oxygen problem now. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So like all these little machines got little smaller, but yeah, the reality is like, um, there aren't very many conditions that you want to be maintained on these things. Like the drop in freedom would be, is so dramatic. I think, uh, mm. many people would not be able to handle it. Like you'd have to like, imagine, uh, your ability to set new goals for your life after this happens, you're laying here in this bed, right? What are those goals going to be? 
right? Like, you, you, like it would have to be a very specific, narrow type of thing where you could live with that and do okay. So I haven't found generally that, you know, people like enjoy this experience or whatever, have like a, it's, it's not really clear what kind of fulfilling life you could have doing, being stuck like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've linked to the top as well, the one of the last polio people. There's, I think there's like five people or so still in them. 1953. <laughs> this lady Martha's still relying on the thing. Yeah, so 1953, she celebrated her fifth birthday at an amusement park. She woke up with a sore throat and neck and was diagnosed with polio. She sent, she spent six months in the hospital, so 1953 still, and was put in a giant tank, I think called an iron lung. The, um, yeah, so, yeah, she's, she's been in it like 60 years, which is insane. Yeah, look at the size. I mean, just look at the size of the tank, right? You can see how it's like, why would you want to live in this thing? It's just completely ludicrous. Well, I can I can see it, how it's like, I guess you might get used to it over time as well. You kind of adapt to it in many ways, I suppose. And and I guess the, the non-invasiveness is probably appealing in some sense. Um, and I guess people are just, just creatures of habit, right? They... They kind of, I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of used to it, and they're sort of like whatever. Yeah, yeah. People do people do acclimate to these things. That's for sure. Um, studies have clearly shown like the ability for people to acclimate over a period of months and such. But that's assuming that you beat all the three te stress tests first. <laughs> In my yeah. mind, is kind of how I teach it. Like, and then if you do well with all that. Oh, and there's another thing too. Like um, some people, when after they get really sick. They develop a catabolic state. You're, you're, I'm sure aware of what an anabolic state is, where you get like your yeah. your body builds muscle mass, right? Atrophy. Um, yeah. But catabolic state is when people just generally get sick, like they're bed bound, they're uh, you know sick from whatever. They go into this anabolic state, and I'm sorry, catabolic state. And in a catabolic state, even if you feed them with like two feeds or whatever, um, their protein counts won't necessarily come up. So people that have, that's the other stress test that may be number four, but if your protein counts don't come up and they continue to dwindle, what ends up happening is this, uh, that's another catalyst for like spontaneous infections, spontaneous wounds, both those things. Um, cause your immune system is like almost all protein, right? Like your um, antibodies and your complement and this and that. So uh -huh. basically like you, if you become malnourished in that sense, in a catabolic state, um, you're sort of screwed. And actually, it's another interesting factoid is that, you know, the anabolic steroids used for weightlifting, um, they yep. don't actually work for medical illnesses. Like, they're originally designed for, like, sick people, right? But maybe we can use these things to, like, grow muscle mass or make people hungry or something like that. And it turns out that um, when you're sick in a, in a catabolic state, anabolic drugs make no difference in the outcomes in terms of... Uh, improving that so like w anabolic steroids work well when you're healthy and when you're like you know lifting weights right in terms of gaining muscle mass but they don't do anything yeah. for someone laying in bed <laughs> which is just sad actually you know because it's like more used for like a vanity purpose in a sense than it is for a actual medical purpose now so we don't use anabolic steroids in at all in uh mm. like hospital settings or whatever for that reason interesting is it, so is you know this catabolic state is it is it 
primarily due to being um, so inactive that the it just triggers kind of a cascade. No, it's, it has more to do with like just illness. Like if you think about, um, I don't know, a good example would be like, you know how you get the flu, you don't feel hungry. Yeah. Um, that would probably be like the, the, uh, probably the best example that you might've experienced, but all sorts of diseases like cancer, um, diseases like, um, like kidney failure, people on dialysis, different levels of, uh, certainly different levels of liver disease. Um, you wind up with these states where people just don't tend to gain weight. Another big one is um, emphysema, like COPD, lung disease, smoking lung disease, right? Um, mm -hmm. When it's severe, we don't know why, but like you get, the, you get, you start becoming catabolic. So this is why like a lot of people with COPD, emphysema are really thin. Like they, they lose weight and they look kind of cachectic. And eventually they'll succumb to some sort of pneumonia or something because when your protein counts are deteriorate to a certain level, like I mentioned, you start becoming prone to infection. So it's like this big spiral, death spiral of like problems. Yeah. It's like some combination of different things that get you. It's oftentimes never just any one thing, but this catabolic state problem is really kind of like, it's appreciated generally. Like we know it happens, but like, like doctors don't oftentimes mention it to like families and stuff. It's one of those things that people don't think about very often, but actually has a very strong like prognostic effect. Like, in terms of uh, the ability to kind of like add, it's like almost like imagine you're adding different things to your list of shit that can go wrong. And this is just one more thing to tip that more, you know, tip that scale over. Um, yeah. It, it tends to be one of those things that if it doesn't get better, people tend to do really poorly. So yeah, that catabolic state problem is uh, pretty common if, any, if you have a longer term disease. Are there any ways to directly address that? Is it just a general kind of reflection of the health state? Yeah. All you can do is number one, you feed some, you feed people so that if they can use those calories, if then at least they're getting the calories. So you kind of set that like base layer. And then the second thing is like, okay, people looked at anabolic steroids, like you think of for weightlifting. Um, and it turned out that didn't work. Um, appetite stimulants also, because appetite's usually low have not been consistently shown to work in general intensive care illnesses either. So all you can really do is fix the underlying disease actually, um, and hope that this recovers. So, um, if it's something that's like short term disease, right? It's usually not bad. Yeah. Like you get over a quick pneumonia or something, but the longer the term is and the more organs that are, have gone wrong, the more probable that this also becomes a factor. And it's pretty common. It's like a, it's a big reason why people get like ulcers and things in bed, right? Yep. The, when you don't have that protein capability, your ability to heal wounds and everything is affected. So, and then the other um, common one that a lot of people don't think of, even doctors, is that when the counts go below a certain level, your tendency towards just spontaneous infections of like catheters you have in your body or just spontaneous pneumonia is just skyrockets. And oftentimes mm -hmm. the cause of death is not like, oh, look, they just like had low protein counts. They died. <laughs> they, they usually have something happen, like an infection happens spontaneously and then they don't survive it. Um, yeah. Or they have repeated infections and they don't survive them or something like that is what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting problem. Nobody's been able to solve it. Do you think low protein counts could explain why people tend to be on Twitter spaces late at night? Yeah, like Zara here, probably. And and maybe explain interesting cryptocurrency as well. Like it seems to be a 
It could be, yeah. A symptom of decline. It, it's certainly a symptom of decline. Yeah, if you're buying cryptocurrencies, you're 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 on the way down, right? You're you're on the back end of your life. You're fucked. Yeah. I just thought I would say that um, I'm on a train now, and I realized that I don't actually have any headphones or earphones with me. So this whole space is getting broadcast to everyone on Carriage D. Um, so yeah, say hello to all your fans. Also, Sethi, I saw a woman at the hey, train everybody. station. Who... Wait, what? Sorry. I said, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw a woman at the train station and she looked just like how I imagine your wife would look like um, she was like kind of like glamorous kind of stylish she was wearing like green I don't know if green is a, a vibe for your wife but like she was really rocking the green and white vibe um, but yeah I just I'd let you know mm. okay. Zara Zara Sefi <laughs> confessed earlier that his wife is not a Brahmin she's actually a different class completely well, I mean, I don't know how to feel about this. Obviously, I feel betrayed because I thought Sefi, as a doctor, would have sort of a lot of honesty to him. I also understand that due to peer pressure in these sorts of spaces, there can be, um, you know, these things, they just, lies can just roll off the tongue sometimes. They can just slip off the tongue and before you know it, you're deep in a web and you can't get out. So I appreciate the fact that he told Wait, the truth. You guys are the ones that made up this line about me. <laughs> it was only Zara who claimed the Brahmin thing. Yeah, that that wasn't true. Oh, I think I, I I think I yeah. thought you said it. I think I said it so many times. I believe that it came from you. Yeah, you do that a lot, Clara. Yeah, I'm always making stuff up and then I'm forgetting about it. Anyway, gang, see, I, I said like we would quit at three o'clock, and now it's three thirty here, and I got work in the morning, so this is what's good. Like, I'm gonna be tired. All right, guys. Mm. <laughs> Zara, like, yeah, have a nice train trip. <laughs> Oh, Thanks. by the way, did your did your boyfriend make it? Uh, he hasn't arrived yet. I'm a long way away. Um, I'm going to be traveling all day. So yeah, when you wake up, if you want to just put a space on and put it in your phone while you're at work. Um, wait, wait where's your train? That. Where's the train taking you? I'm going to um, Manchester. Um, so I'm going up north because that's where the planes from Denmark fly to. Oh, I see. So you have to fly to the place for the plane first, then get there. So you're you're going to Denmark. No, no, no. He's he's flying here, but we're going to go to the Lake District, which is a really cool part of the UK with like uh, mountains and lakes and stuff. Going to walk up a mountain. Okay, okay. All right. So yeah. you're going to give this fucker a chance or what? Give what? Sorry. I said you're going to give this fucker a chance or what? <laughs> I, I lived with him for two months. <laughs> okay. So um, you gave him a chance already. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, good night, Safi. Good night. <laughs> Catch you later. Good night, friends. All right. Catch you later, guys. <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Sci-Fi Space with Coach Bruce Wrangler, titled simply Being. Recorded on Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And you know what? Thanks for being. In the darkest of times, when the phoenix arises Out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus Open the sarcophagus and release the virus Got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis When the flags go up like everyone is righteous Spending government checks, sniffing up the white dust The previous generation wants to be just like us Fuck that shit, I'm trying to be like Mike was Drop the bias and you might survive this The mummy coming through to remind your highness I might just buy up my own fucking island Build a little Bunker, then wait for the timer. Countdown to Z.
zero day exploiting every exploit in your internet sex toys in emitting vibrations through the ether did you just come me either At the right time, blindly following stars in the night sky. Part of me might ride away with the prize fight. Man versus everything else until the time's right. Unleash the Kraken. No, wait, that was crack. Fuck now, everybody feeling all amped up. Fucking like bunnies to the national anthem. Ugly little shits eating up all our rhythm. Mishandling the captions. Who has the answer? Holding our attention for ransom. Fed up with all the red tape and the boring template. Like it matters if it's a blue or red state. Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck yeah, spread it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit In the beginning it was suggested that the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic And so if your oxygen level falls too low And it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks. If you can't get enough oxygen from that, then they will intubate the, the patient. Channel spaces. <laughs>